Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Tony Dunn, and nothing to it but to do it, brother. Let's roll. In a world where Carolina Panthers fans have an insatiable thirst for Panthers news and opinions. Only one podcast roars ferociously. It's the C3 Panthers Podcast. It's Tuesday night. It's 9 p.m. It's the C3 Panthers Podcast brought to you by CarolinaCatChronicles.com where, you know, on this day and this time, we chop up the latest Panthers news and opinions from the fan perspective, the wild card playoff divi- playoff round playoffs is in the books. A lot of uh, some interesting developments. Cam Newton, a prophet to many, a lover of mine in so many ways. My name's Tony Dunn. Welcome to the show. The number's 252 Derek Brown's the leading tackler in the history of defensive tackles. Uh, Kim Aquano wants to be a better man. And uh, we're on the hunt for a coach and a GM, even if our owner refuses to do it in the order that I have advised. But there is no better advice than my wheel man's. Cody Lack, welcome back. Tony Dunn, what a weekend of playoff football. And, dude, what a weekend for some former Panther players, for some former Panthers coaches, and for would-be, maybe to some should-be Panther players. Boy, we have so much to talk about. We have some updates on the coaching front. We've been looking for this coach, looking for the GM. We've got some updates, man. But you know what? I don't care what time of year it is. I don't care if the Panthers are involved or not. Tuesday nights are for sitting here with my boys talking Panther football with the best damn Panther fans and all of YouTube. Tony, you already know him and love him. It's our boy, Alex Max Pro, the brand ambassador of Diesel Skills. What's up? Uh, Daniel Berry Sports Highlights, John Jenkins, K1 Stella, Kristen Ladane, Kung Fu Purple, Matt Knows Nothing, Mr. Strass. What up, boy? Python, Muscles Marinara, Panther Gal 73, Tim Estes, Terica Dukes, Tony Dunn. It's a Tuesday night. Ain't nothing to it but to do it, brother. Let's roll. What a what a week will do to so many people from the Paisan who may be getting fired after starting 10 and 1, making the playoffs three straight. And that I'm talking about Nick Sirianni with the Philadelphia Eagles. Baker cooking. Baker going to bake. Baker, Baker, man, is getting it done over there. Um, And, CK, one of the things that's interesting, 
we talk about a bipolar Panther team. I'm talking about bipolar coaching searches. I think there's a, there's, I think there's a lot of names out of the running after this week. I I don't disagree. Um, I think anybody who's looking um, at Brian Johnson any longer, uh, you're out of your mind. Um, Dan Quinn. See you later. Dan Quinn. uh, That was a crazy one to begin with. Um, Who else? I mean, I don't know about the Frank Smith. uh, That dude still, or Frank Frank Smith, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah that's uh, right. That's I, right. I still think that what they were able to do all year is uh, worthy of a conversation. What happened in that uh, Kansas City game and the like, the weather when it's record breaking low sure. in the NFL? I, think you know, that's I don't kind really, of an outlier in so many yeah, ways. Exactly that one. I'm not so much um, over. You know, concerned about. Um, the decision of, you know, there's a couple of things, right? Mark, Mike McCarthy potentially being on the hot seat and the Cowboys, not interested in that. Um, you know, granted, again, it's hard to sit here and as a poverty franchise and not say that we would be excited to be a, a positive. You know, we would we would be excited to have back to back winning seasons. Um, so if, <laughs> at this point in time, it's not even about the Super Bowl. It's about being relevant in some way. Um, but uh Man, there's a lot of names that got crossed. Well, I wouldn't say a lot of names, but there's some names that certainly took a, a hit, and there's a lot of names that took a, a pretty big boost, uh, one of which is going to be Cody's uh, go-to man uh, oh, and Slowick. Uh, the guy. The guy. I will, before it's all said and done, I will get every person on this pod and every person who watches this much, pod Carter. to be uh, on the Slowick train, baby. Dude, I'm on the Slowick train now. Yeah, Listen, didn't I, take much. I, my top five. Um, I am happy with any of these guys at this point in time. Um, it's Slowick. Um, Ben Johnson's still got to be there. I mean, the way they were able to perform, um, I, I, he's not my top candidate, uh, but still wouldn't mind him. Um, Jim Harbaugh probably still at the top of my list personally. Um, man, we have, a we have, uh, and I'd have to go back down the list, but I mean, I think there's a lot of names on there that I would like to see come to the Carolina Panthers. But if you're, if you're hopeful for what uh, Bryce Young can be, it's hard to look at what Slowick has done with CJ Stroud and say, let's not bring him here. Yeah. I got to say this is I don't know if a defensive coordinator comes out of this playoffs looking good after this week, all of the defensive coordinators that you are going to be, maybe Raheem Morris because their defense picked it up as the game went on, but gave up 21 points to start the game. Really, there's I'm I'm really thankful that some of these names took a hit, particularly the Brian Johnson from the Eagles when it comes to Dan Quinn. Get that shit out of here with me. But uh, the Panthers are on their search for both a GM and a head coach, even though they refuse to do it in that order. The numbers two five two 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 eight fifty ninety eight. Be a part of the longest running Panthers podcast. We are not football experts, but we are expert football fans. And this is your opportunity to be a part of one of the richest communities on YouTube. Let's jump into the show. Tonight's show, NFL playoffs, weeds out, weed out. We, we got to put an S on that. Weeds out Panthers top coaching oh. candidates. And I think Don't make fun of my spelling, dude. Oh, I'm not rush. making it. <laughs> yeah. Hey, you know what? The first time you didn't put an exclamation mark. I love it. Oh, dude. this love guy. Oh. This guy, man. Um, so look, is look, this is this 
past weekend, I think in some ways people didn't like this playoff weekend because there were some blowouts. I thought All it was a, blowouts, but one. Yeah. I thought it was an exciting football weekend though. Uh, when it comes to the teams that were making some hay in this and Baker was cooking. Baker has had his best season in the NFL as a starter. Um, and I watch these Tampa Bay games. I'm not going overly nutso. The scheme is right. The scheme works. It shows you what happens when you can, when you have some talent and you put guys in space and you throw the ball downfield, but and you allow Baker to do what he always was good at. And that is be a playmaker. Yes. Baker. We turned him into a game manager while he was here and that's the problem is it was we couldn't protect him and he was a game manager they wouldn't let him throw the ball down the field granted we didn't have a deep threat when he was here uh you know people want to talk to dj Moore. dj Moore has never been considered a deep threat he has always been about catching the ball short to intermediate and getting the yards after the catch baker didn't have the weapons uh here that he had uh, he has in tampa bay it shows you a tremendous amount of difference between what a team looks like with the good with what a QB would look like with good talent and mediocre talent. And, Cody, and that's what okay. we saw last week compared to this week. Cody, what was the most surprising year. part of this Tampa Bay Philadelphia game that you saw? Maybe well, I mean, what, one, what sticks out to you? I think Tampa Bay is a defensive led football team and that's what Todd Bowles is known for. Uh, and listen, let's also be Not honest this year that, though, entirely. Well, I'm saying he's a defensive coach. He and is, that, totally, has been, right. that has been the hallmark of his teams, that they are defensive coaches. And, you know, I mean, obviously you have to put this in context, too, by looking at this Philadelphia team that had been on, on this weird skid the past seven games in a row. I mean, they, they only lost one of the past six games. So they were not looking too great. One, but yeah. look, I'm not going to be a hater, man. I know we still have some Baker Bottoms lurking around the chat room. That hey, you don't gotta hate on Baker to make yourself feel better I'm, about your I'm life. Not, I'm not hating, man. I'm saying there's some Baker bottoms still floating around that love them some Baker Mayfield. And if you're one of those people, well, then you got a little bit of vindication. I know our boy Anthony is one of these people, but I'm one I mean, of these people. I like. I, yeah, I was man. rooting for Baker. Not that I thought he was going to be a godsend by any moment. I right. still don't think that he's some transcendent game. No, breaker not, at all. not at all. But, hey man, the dude did well, uh, incredibly well. He had his best performance. Uh, I mean, by far, maybe of his entire career injured as well, by yeah, the way, like hurt. I think the- he showed what, what, um, when he was with the, when he played the Panthers and people were talking about how he didn't put any points, you know, this and that, is I think he was really hurt in those games. And I think that you saw him kind of getting a little bit back to speed. This guy's made me go ahead, Cody, as I put this up. I love this shit. Right yeah, now. man. So uh, while I was trying to look at it, uh, you have to save that for a second. Uh, <laughs> uh, 22 of 36, uh, 337 yards, three touchdowns, a 119.9 passer rating. And a W, man. I mean, look, this was uh this is big time for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, man. I mean, look, it doesn't necessarily uh 
change my mind on Tampa's chances Agreed. the playoffs. I think that they're probably going to run into a, a buzzsaw coming up here in a few weeks. But one of the bigger stories uh, that's in some ways related uh, to this and the Carolina Panthers is that we have requested to interview uh, Dave Canales, the offensive coordinator for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Antonio, we talked about it a little bit last show when we did our preview and we went in-depth into each candidate and what they're known for. I mean, just look at some of these numbers of what he's been able to do with the quarterbacks that he's coached. I mean, Russell Wilson, uh, almost 3,500 yards. That's what got him the mega payday. But again, in 2018, uh, almost 3,500 yards. In 2019, Russell Wilson, over 4,000 yards, over 30 touchdowns. Oh, God. Yeah, dude, he did a, a lot. He was balling. I know, man. Is dude, he, he really that responsible for it, though? Or is he just – is this another one of those, like, oh, Scott Fitter was part well, of the organization when Maybe it you would have said that with the early Russell Wilson years. But now you look at Geno Smith and Baker Mayfield and what they've been able to do in back-to-back years. And look, let I me mean, look. Let's be real. There were not a lot of Baker Mayfield believers, especially after what we saw of him last year in Carolina. A lot of overthrows, a lot of dumb interceptions. But man, he's been a real leader for the Tampa Bay team, and he's, I mean, really taking he still care of overthrows it like crazy yeah, he all does, the time. He is not like out. He's taking care of the football in ways that he hasn't before, and it's to the point now where Canales, I'm, I'm happy. If we ended up pulling this guy, I think the resume is impressive. Apparently, him and Dan Morgan uh, go back together with one another. Him and Greg Olson go back with one another, which we're going to talk about that here in a, here in a I, second. I might have it I, on my next slide. I want to yeah, say this about Dave Canales real quick. Yeah. If we're going to go back to the stats. If you want to ask if it's just a matter of the early year, every look at each of those quarterbacks, right? When he when Canales was no longer involved with those quarterbacks, they declined. They declined. And what I mean by Look that, at Gino. Well, Gino hurt a little bit. Russell Wilson obviously had a great year the last year he had. He was in Seattle. I would say great, you know, reluctantly. Gino, and then obviously he goes to Broncos, and we see what he turned into, right? Uh, and then you see Gino Smith come out here, make comeback player of the year, 30 touchdowns, 4,200 yards. I'm not saying that Gino took a major step back. But when you look at what he did this year, he had less yards. He had 10 less in, uh, touchdowns uh, around about the uh, couple less interceptions. Yeah, a little return pass, to the mean. His passer rating went down to 92 and where he was over 100. Um, so, I mean, it, it's hard to – and then you see – I mean, and you know what Gino was before he got to Gino, right? Gino was a nobody in this league. He was absolutely – you can argue that it was the scenario. But now we go to the Baker situation. Baker's having his best year. Like this is by far his best year that he has ever had as a pro. Um, and the the difference is talent, sure, but it's also potentially this guy here. Uh, so I, I think I, a lot scheme, man. I think yeah. uh, man, you watch their their the way they run their plays, and it's just yeah. a lot of downfield posts and like spread. It is what we all hope to watch in football. I think this, again, when it comes to Baker, is look, is let's not act like Baker is just a fucking man. But Baker has balls. He throws it downfield. He does. He's got Mike Evans down there. I would argue, though, that 
How many times did we come on this show, CK, and talk about, oh, Baker's passing game was because they had a great running attack? The Tampa Bay Buccaneers had zero run game this year. They were a pass-first team. Baker's numbers are impressive for him. If you thought Baker was bad, you can't deny these numbers are impressive. No. No. This guy... This guy's doing it, man. Like, uh, he is. I'm not interested on any Tampa Bay coach. I wasn't, but every game I watch them play in a big moment now, I'm becoming more intrigued. Yeah, it's it's not it's it's hard not to. And and to give Baker some credit too, right? Those stats you showed the 22 out of 36, we saw at least seven drops. Like. He still throws Holy. like a overthrow, like not an overthrow, but it's Dude. like the right read, and it's like t- it is an overthrow. It's, it's almost like, like he gets yards. too excited. He gets too excited. <laughs> puts, puts a little bit too much heat on it. I'm not even <laughs> talking about those types of balls. I'm talking about in the bread basket. Otten dropped us a few. You saw Mike Evans drop the ones that he would normally oh, come two. down with. Was yeah. it Mike Evans that dropped two? Didn't yes. he have black gloves on? And it was like he. Was looking at his hands afterwards. Yes. Was that I mean, the thing? I, when I say seven drops, I mean like pretty much in the bread basket, and they were still dropped. So the fact he was able to have over a sixty percent completion percentage, over three hundred yards, and do what he did is it's it's impressive. Um, it's impressive. I like it. Look, I love D's. D's has been like my supporter. Usually, people be trashing Tony's opinions. D's got my back here. Um, guys, I watched these football games this weekend. Um, I guess this is Slowick really moved up in the ranks. Yes. For me. How could it not? How could it not? You know what, what did it for me is he's going up against the Browns. The best defense. One of the not best. Good. Did you see the stat about how bad they were on the road though? Yeah. But here's kind of strange. Here's my thing. Here's something that we've been. This is what I loved about what we saw yesterday. Um, they don't have Tank Dell. They still have Nico Collins, who I still believe is a very good. I have. I said in the, one of our chats that he has the potential, if not already there, to be a top five wide receiver in the league from what we've seen, even just in the past yeah, few weeks. Nasty. The dude is ridiculous. But here's what I loved about Slowick is we talked all year that Bryce needs to be able to throw these guys NFL open and not look for these guys to be college open. All day long, these receivers were college open down the field. Like when I say wide open, I mean, you had that one where it was the deep pass um, to a tight end, I think it was. And he literally stood there in the same spot for like three seconds waiting for the ball to get to him and then was able to run it in for a touchdown. It was it was impressive to see the way they were able to scheme these guys open. Um, and that's, that's what got me excited about what Slowak was able to do. That's not to take anything away from uh, CJ. He was hitting some, some tight windows, uh, from time to time, but those he's receivers, feeling it, dude. He's those receivers, it. those receivers were wide open, dude. I saw this might've been, this is like the play this? they were talking about. Look, look how easy yeah. that was, dude. Like this has gone up to perfection though. Yeah, it really is. And they talked about it on the broadcast, Cody, about, and this is what Thomas Brown's offense was supposed to do. Right. That didn't. Mm. Yeah. 
100 percent. and dude you know what who uh, who had an ear or who had something to chime in on this conversation none other than greg olson and greg had some things to say that i felt were very revealing i wanted to kind of go through a few of them uh one to go back to canalis uh uh, he spent a year in Seattle with, with Dave. Uh, he was uh, in their tight end room and spent a lot of time talking ball and philosophy. Happy he got a shot. But one of the through lines that you'll notice, um, and Greg seemed to know this as well, he said, it drives me insane every week. It's not a mystery that the young quarterbacks who broke out this year, Stroud, Love, etc., all play in the same system. Now, he would go on to further elaborate about this. And talk he with says, fans, dude. I love this. He's talking with regular people. I think dude, well, Greg I think, Olson is the man. I think yeah. he's reconnecting with a lot of people right now because he understands that that Fox contract is up. And he wants so, the, his popularity to be it, awesome. Yeah. Well, with, so, with, with Charlotte, for sure. Well, and so this is something that, that is interesting. He put, uh, if you don't, and boy, this hit home for a lot of people, and I know you as well, Tony. He says, if you don't slash can't put your quarterback under center on early downs in the NFL, you are making your quarterback's life difficult. Somebody would ask him to elaborate and respond, and he says, uh, under center play action is the best way to pass on early downs in the NFL. Play action from the gun isn't as effective. Marrying run and pass looks is key, not how well or how often you run. And it just seems like all these things that he's talking about when you are look true. at performances, yeah, are true, but you look at how they would be able to benefit young quarterbacks yeah. and how that would be absolutely perfect for what we want Bryce Young to do. This is why Slovak is number one in my mind. He has a background out on the defensive side of the football, but he's an offensive play caller that understands all these things that Panther fans have been pounding the table for for a long time. And now you have Panther veteran players saying the same thing in public to normal people on Twitter. I think while it's awesome to uh, adapt and like try to be on the forefront of football, that there is a significant difference between the NFL and college. And so while the fast-paced schematics of college and different things, spread offenses, can produce giant results in that type of league, you can integrate those concepts in the NFL, but you have to remember every single person on that field is an exceptional athlete. An exceptional athlete from the centers to, I mean, the centers are running four, five, you know, five second forties or whatever. And what I, what I'm trying to get to on this is that under center keeps teams honest. And we've watched this team. I watched the Carolina Panthers, just like you guys, every game this season and every game we won, we were like, Oh, see, look, we ran the ball, but we threw the ball every week. Everybody had a different reason. And then when we lost, a different reason. We should have run more. We should have thrown more. One of the things, though, is to me, and that he's highlighting, and I watch these teams out of the shotgun a lot. The pistol drives me nuts. I hate that formation in the NFL. It just doesn't look right to me. Especially with Bryce this season. It's I, just so, so I saw, who was it? 
It was maybe it was the Dolphins. And two was out of the shotgun. They had to basically what they wanted to do was get the defense believing there could have been a run threat to the left. Right. Like that was the first thing is you wanted the defense to bite a little towards right. their right. And the the quarterback spun to the left. He did a full 360. There was not even a running back beside him, right? It was just to get his motion this way. What the under center play, not play action, and what I think Greg is right on the money here is that when you're under center, you can't, you don't know if they're going to run left, right, up the middle, drop back and pass. Like, so there's already a deception point from the beginning or a question point. It, it's necessary in this NFL. Bryce was not bad at it. And I think this is that those players that can run out of shotgun all the time in this league are transcendent. They're like kind of like Tom Brady. They're kind of like Peyton Manning. You know what I'm saying? It's like, right. hey, I'm just going to get up there. We're going to rush everything. I know where I'm going. We're going to do all this. I'm going to tell this. I'm going to give my little hip check to this, and that receiver's going to do this. A large that, level of trust, too, uh, of your receivers and your and your players being on the same page, which doesn't yeah, happen a lot for Carolina. It's, it's just you can't – it just doesn't work. It doesn't work all the time. It doesn't work all the time. And to, by the way, Mina Kimes chimed into the conversation and uh, further continued upon Greg's point that both CJ Stroud and Jordan Love using under center play action pass in the wild card round went 10 for 12, 300 yards, and four touchdowns. So it's further driving home that point. Like there is a, a methodology uh, and a playbook for getting your quarterback comfortable under center, using play action pass. And uh, from everything that we've seen, it is a tremendous help uh, to everybody on your team, including your wide receivers and, and what they're doing downfield. And, you know, watching this game. And, and you don't and, have to be a run heavy team if you're under center. I think that's right. And that what was Greg, Greg Olsen is saying is this right. is that when that running back is lined up right beside you to the right, is that it automatically means he's going to have to run across your face if he wants to go left. Right. Right. Or it just dis it just kind of uh, telegraphs a little bit of the limitations. And I think with, and this is my last point, I'm going to let you take over Cody is with the slowic and maybe mm -hmm. that one play that you showed is just so perfect, but what I saw is this. We have we hear these buzz terms as we've done this podcast is get motion, 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 right? Pre-snap right. motion, post. Um, now, you see Tyreek do it. When you see Tyreek go in motion, you're like, oh, shit. This motherfucker's already running 70 miles yeah, an we hour. We have no option. That's a different. That's different than just motioning to get the defense to shift and do these things. But what I saw was this, instead of motioning to motion, right? And that's what I feel like is like, oh, we're like, why is it time? Why aren't we motioning more? It's just stick route. We'll just say the same five words that we read on the internet. Stick route, static route, mo no motion. 
what I felt like when I watched that play with Slowick, it all was purposeful. It was. Perfect. It wasn't for show. It had a tangible result that it was trying to cre- create. It was. It was. It was very intentionally simple. Yes, it wasn't a complicated on purpose. So, and that, this is what I like. My what I would like to say is the difference, right? Our offense felt for somehow somehow it felt like the most complicated, but at the same time the simplest, like or the most surface level play on the planet, right? Somehow you have the complexity of it, overly complex, with it being just no depth to it whatsoever. And so then you run over to, you see what they're doing there. You, I mean, when you're looking at some of these high-powered offenses, you, like it's hard not to watch a game and think, oh my gosh, dude, these guys are just where they're supposed to be every time. And <clears throat> like when you watch some of these yards after the catch, it's not always because you have just an incredible weapon. It's because of the blocking schemes down the field have somehow just always work out for these teams. And for us, when we do a screen, it's a guaranteed somebody's breaking through a block immediately and bl- dropping them for a loss. Like our screen game is horrendous. I don't understand it. Uh, and and so it's it's hard not to watch these teams and think we've got to take something from that. This can't continue down the path of, uh, well, we're just going to keep doing what we're doing and hope that it gets better. It's not going to. Cody, uh, yeah, shout out well, the super chat. I don't think we hit the super chat. Up. No, we damn sure didn't. Uh, then, uh, shout out to our boy Nearvash with the ten dollars. Uh, he says, "Can we all agree seeing the Cowboys lose in epic fashion was good for all non-Cowboy fans? We better not hire Dan Quinn or Mike McCarthy." The best Amen. thing they did for me was eliminate Dan Quinn from the running on yeah, all of this. He was the one guy that we unanimously were like, nah, I'll pass. Their defense yeah. lost this game. I know people wanted to go to Dak in this, and maybe, and obviously they didn't have their best game on offense, but that defense allowed the the every scoring every drive yeah it couldn't stop anything yeah uh, um, the, the last point i just want to make about the motion and the things like this uh i feel like and, and maybe this is easy for a team where we lose everything because everything is on the table to criticize but i teach writing for a living right and one of the the most central um lessons to writing is concision right is to write with power concisely but there's a difference between writing concisely and writing vaguely writing a concisely without description what we don't do is try to flower things to try to dress up things unnecessarily right so just motioning to motion just getting these kind of concepts involved just to con- like they have to be executed with the right intention. And that's what I think I saw with Slowick's offense, CK, you said it, is that we had a complicated offense that was simple. He had a simple offense that made other teams feel like it's come. It wasn't that big of a deal. He's like, we're going to get people moving left. We're going to do this. I mean, it was the right way to do it, not just doing it to do it. Agreed. I, I was, I was impressed by it. Um, let's go back uh, to that graphic with the super. How about yeah. this team is this Washington staff 
I don't think they were that good that year. I think this was the year that uh, well, no, RG three got Gruden. hurt. He busted well, his this knee. Is, up. Yeah, and wasn't Jay Gruden the the head coach? No, at this no, time? it was no, uh, he was. Yeah, and I think uh, Gruden was the offensive coordinator. No, but uh, Mike Gruden Shannon, was, they, yeah, uh, Gruden was on one of those teams because him and uh, yeah, uh, yeah RG, him and, and him and RG three they were going back and forth, which was interesting. Uh, yeah, but um, I mean, listen, the reason I put this in there is just as a visual for everyone to see what we're talking about. All of these coaches were represented in this year's playoff. And they were all a part of that 2013 Washington staff, man. And look, I want mine. We want ours. Okay, if everyone can get their young, bright offensive head coach that comes from this very successful 2013 Washington staff, well, damn it, we want ours. But you Kyle Shanahan was the offensive coordinator. It says it right there. Why didn't I just read the There's something that we're dancing around. And you know me, I'm not a very good dancer. I'm I'm more direct and to the point, if I do say so myself. And this is probably where uh, some of the viewers are going to get mad and get angry that we're even talking about it. But CJ Stroud, my God, Tony, my God, CK, I don't know how anyone looks at this kid and doesn't see anything short of a special franchise quarterback, man. And I'm telling you, but the more time goes on, and I know people want, you know, they're going to hold receipts and do all this and that later when price is good. But all of these performances by Stroud and watching the incredible accuracy of those deep balls, how far back in the pocket he gets after his drop, just everything all together, man, the kid is special. And uh, Boomer Esiason uh, made some waves. He says, when you see C.J. Stroud on the field, and this still drives me crazy about Carolina, I don't know what the hell they were looking at physically. Stroud looks like he belongs. When you watch Bryce Young, when you watch Bryce Young uh, play in Carolina, the kid looks like he should still be in high school. We're playing behind the best offensive line in college at Alabama because he is not physically ready to play in the NFL. Well, get them, Panther fans. Get them. Because, number one, they didn't have the best offensive line in college for him. Boomer Esiason I, is uh, – look, this is national media hype, right? Boomer, I got a story. You can go back and look at one of the stories I wrote. Is I think it was about Boomer Esiason being a racist because he was talking shit about Cam. And, I again, I did everything to defend Cam. To me, I brought this up to you guys in the group chat, and I put this into the show, not because of the Bryce Young part, but I want to make sure that we don't take away from C.J. Stroud's historic rookie season for two reasons. The first reason being our propensity to root for Bryce Young. Right. Is number one is if you bring this up to any Panther fan, they're going to say, well, pff, you put Stroud on this team. He's not going to do that. You put Stroud on this team. He's not going to do or that. Or they say, like, why well, be Jordan right now? Go be a Texans fan. Go be a Texans fan. Like, somehow it's not okay to say that uh, when you compare the two, one looks way better than the others in more than one different ways, dude. 
Like even if I don't it even think around, we need to bring it to bre- well, we we have to bring it. Their stories it's... will be inextric- inextricably intertwined Connected. forever. But this season that he's had is the best rookie season for quarterback ever. Right. And and so and here's the thing is a lot of people's thoughts are um wait till he has a bad situation. The benefit of having a rookie season like this and having uh D'Amico Ryans and them being a playoff team in year one is he's going to attract talent in the free agency, all that stuff. So I don't know that you're ever yeah. going to see a situation where he doesn't have a good situation around him, except for maybe occasionally, maybe he gets injured or something like that. Who knows? Right. Yeah, There could but, be all different factors that right, went towards his success. He's, he's going to have the benefit of, of the doubt when it comes to people wanting to come to the Houston Texans because of this year. Um, and I, I agree. I, I think there shouldn't inevitably you're going to have a comparison between the two, right? Yeah, not. It's, it's, they're they're are, always going to yeah. be linked. The thing that I hate more than anything, and I'm I'm guilty of it myself, is making an argument that nobody can prove to be accurate or inaccurate, right? So the idea of well, C.J. Stroud wouldn't succeed on this team. Well, nobody knows. Yeah, right? you don't know that. You don't, don't know, know that. that. You don't know that Bryce Young would be good on that team, right? <clears throat> we don't know that C.J. Stroud wouldn't be good on this team. Right. Not nobody knows these things. You, and there's it's an argument that's based in no real ability to actually prove it factually. So well, nobody and- wins those arguments. Everybody just st- gets further and further into their corners. If you watch those games, right? If you watch this game, this is one of the things I said before I switched to Bryce Young as my preferred uh number one pick, right? I said the reason CJ Stroud deserves to be one A and one B in that category was I watched that te- that Georgia game. And on the biggest oh, he stage, balled the fuck the, out. It, regardless of what you believe his last year in college looked like, on the biggest stage, this dude showed up in a big, giant way. And it wasn't just with his arms. It was with his legs. And he led that team as much as he possibly could and was only failed because of their defense wasn't able to stop Georgia. The dude was a leader. And you've seen that if every step of the way. would have stopped Georgia, CK, he would have been the number one pick. Yeah, oh, he would have been. 100%. And that's I, I blame Georgia for this at this point in time. What, if you're looking at what they're doing in Houston, and it's hard because it's going to give you a bad taste in your mouth, right? I, I don't think that we were ready for a a, 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 a quarterback like we many of us thought we were. I was hoping sure. we were. We clearly weren't. We didn't have the, the we roster. Shouldn't we shouldn't have been as bad as we were right? this we year. We shouldn't have been. But... It is hard not to look at that and think, man, not only does he know how to throw the ball, he's not just taking unnecessary hits. Uh, he's he's entertaining. You know what I mean? Like, it's hard not to he's look endearing. at that. His team loves him. He's that endearing. He's out there talking about Jesus. For him. He's talking they about Jesus him. all day. He's talking about making Houston relevant. Here is my thing is this, is I am not, trying to diminish Bryce Young a bit. In fact, Absolutely. I'm excited about still the potential of Bryce, to be honest. What Bryce did with under these circumstances this year, I think is actually commendable. I just think it's important for us to note as football fans how incredible this season was for C.J. Stroud. You can chalk it up to a million different reasons. The people in the chat immediately go to, he's got receivers. He's got Slowick. He's got this. This mug played. I don't even want to hear shit about Jordan Love. Fuck that. This guy 
Really and maybe maybe he's just hot. It might be. It might be. He returns to the – he's going to regress to the mean. Like, he can't just keep this up. But, you know, there's going to be other things that happen, like injury, like this and that. It, we just have to acknowledge that this was a, a monumental rookie season for any player. It was. I mean, look, it, it, I don't think it's outside the realm of possibility to say that Stroud could win a Super Bowl this year. Now, you might not like their chances to beat the Ravens, and that's fine. That might be the best team in all the NFL right now. They are. But what you see in that quarterback is a player that can do it all, is a player that can make all the throws, he can make all the reads, his team loves him, he has that effortless leadership, nothing comes off as forced or derived, and it's it's just tough, man. It's it's really tough. Uh, And again, I'm not saying that Bryce can't be good in the future, but until further notice, I feel confident saying I don't think that we took the right quarterback. I don't think so. I hope I'm wrong. And I hope that one day we can say that, hey, Bryce turned everyone's opinion around and he proved everyone wrong. I hope I can say that. But but I, I don't think that you should ever judge 5'11 and a mediocre arm to be better than what we saw from C.J. Stroud in college and what we're seeing now. Because now we really don't know what the future holds for us. It, all you're left hoping is what we're holding on to right now. That you're going to be able to hire a head coach that's going to be able to get the most out of Bryce Young possible. And hope that you're able to find a, a coach that will be able to stick with them. Because if not, we don't even know. We might be looking to replace the quarterback sooner rather than later. But that's, that's I what I mean. Is like It's so See, easy I, to say I'm hindsight's 2020. I'm right? making you see so this. Like Cody, you you agreed wholeheartedly at the beginning that they were one A and one B. Right. You can't you can't go back and well, say no, but I didn't have them tied day. either. I said that we were okay with either of them. No, but I always said the Stroud like was a better a second but, round pick or this and like, that. Yeah, it was second round point pick. Flip. The point but being you weren't flip. mad but at you, the pick. You've, no, and, and again, I'm not saying that Bryce is a bust. I'm saying that if you're if you're comparing the talents between the two of them, I think it was always fairly obvious that one was better than the other. I I, and these and these conversations, and but but here's the deal: now that you see what happens in the playoffs, it's hard to make these arguments go away. Until Bryce proves otherwise, this is going to be the conversation for a while. I. Uh... Gosh, we got to get off of this topic and move on. But why Big Jordan? I would say this. One is this conversation is always going to exist between these two players on this podcast until a Bryce Young's not part of this. And these they're always going to be linked like Aaron Rodgers and uh, uh, Alex Smith and Aaron Rodgers in a way like their stories are intertwined, whether we want them to be or not. Um, I think to me. The Bryce Young story was inflated by draft buffs. Yeah, everyone's saying that he was the most ready to play right now. And And it wasn't true. It wasn't true. Well, is this is it turns out that no one's ready for the NFL until you are. Like, I don't think this is on. I think Bryce actually played pretty exceptional this year in many ways in his own right, given the circumstances. I just wanted to give C.J. Stroud kudos for the best rookie quarterback season ever. 
And that has nothing to do with Bryce Young here. It has nothing to do with me wishing we picked, you know, this or that. I just think, man, the Texans go from nothing to making the playoffs to beating the Browns, a good defense. I think there are a lot of factors that went into that. The Houston Texans are rocking. And they're their rolling, defense, bro. man, that Texans defense, they were blitzing their ass off. They were putting pressure on Joe Flacco. They made them throw two pick sixes. Yeah, that's that's a Let, that's a good team. And D'Amico Ryan's look, mate, listen, I know I'm guilty of making this conversation about uh Stroud and Bryce, but uh something that we don't mention enough is that the Panthers and the Texans were picking head coaches last year, and one of them is the in the running to be coach of the year. And the other one was the first coach fired in the NFL season two years running. So really it speaks to just a lack of good decision-making on the part of everyone in this Panthers organization from top to bottom. Let's segue that to the Carolina Panthers and their GM and head coaching search. Now the Carolina Panthers moved away from um, defensive coaches, which we have had for our entire tenure. Um, we tried to pair the thought was, was pair a quarterback coach, friendly coach, an offensive, um, oriented coach, head coach, uh, to mentor this along. And then you look at what D'Amico Ryans has done in the, with the Texans. My question to you guys though, is can't, do we change our mind? Look, right. D'Amico Ryans, I don't want to take anything away from him, but Bobby Slowick, we want him to be our head coach. So he's going to have to then bring in another coordinator, um, either try to get that coordinator who is from the Slowick system or whatever. But I'm not ready to just say, because we got it wrong with Frank Wright, that we shouldn't be looking for that pairing of an offensive-minded head coach for when we do have success. And I think this week, thankfully put a lot of those defensive coaches out of the running for me. I don't know if there was a great defense on the field in this playoff period. The the great defenses are still left. The only great defense is like the top two defenses in the league are left on the, uh, played the 49ers and the Ravens. Okay, perfect, perfect. Yeah, they haven't played in the beginning. Right. But right but, now is uh so let let's think about it is um the Eagles the Well that's that's who I put next on the on our list thing. And, and but and Brian, so this is uh this happened, this news broke a little bit before the playoff game. Uh the Panthers have interest in Eagles offensive coordinator Brian Johnson and assistant GM uh, Alec Hallaby for their vacant head coach and GM candidacies. Uh, a source tells whoever that is, the owner, David Tepper, is very impressed and enamored with how the Eagles run their operations. Now, that not was a great for the game. Yeah, dude, well, not that a great time to be in game. love with how Philadelphia uh, does things. I right. wonder how much that has changed. But, I mean, listen, he's not totally wrong. The Eagles have been one of the better organizations in football for the past, you know, couple of years now. So uh, did did that pass or did this playoff game in the past couple of weeks sour you on uh, Brian Johnson at all? 
if you were ever even high on them to begin with. Yes. Um, the, not just the playoffs. I mean, the past half of the year has been incredibly disappointing. Um, they have, here's the thing that I, I, I concern with, I, I become concerned with is um, Sirianni is the play caller. Number one. Okay. Which means that even if you were to try to say that first part of the year, you got to like, look what he was able to do. He wasn't, he wasn't involved. He wasn't calling the plays to make that happen. He's, he has a hand in some stuff, but at the end of the day, it wasn't him. And even if you wanted to go that route, when you think about him being in that offensive coordinator for the first year in his entire career as being in that position, he's, he's doing something new for the first half of the season. He's finally getting his, his, his footing underneath him for the back half of the season. And they went, they took, they look like a, a bad team. They look like a bad team. It, 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 the funny thing is, is they look like the worst good team I've ever seen in the past six or seven weeks. Ever, uh, they were the worst good team we've seen. Period. They were. Yeah, I mean, what I mean Man, by that there's is there's like, a lot of reasons. There's injury. There's this and that. But no, those guys got worse. They got. And worse. I don't think it's on Sirianni. I know people want to throw the Paisan under the bus. I think this is the coordinators not doing a great job with this talent. But the coordinators aren't the uh, Sirianni's the play caller. No, no, he's not. Yeah. Ben yeah, Johnson is. No, he put the, took the uh, the reins back. Uh, after uh, sl- uh, what's his name? Um, that went to the Steichen. After he left, he took yeah. over the play calling. He really did. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, I didn't know. I thought it was okay. Well, then That's I a- am. I'm wrong on that. I mean, I remember him giving up the play calling to Steichen. When mm-hmm. you know, and then they went on the tear. But at um, the same time, CK, they were ten and one with his play calling too in the beginning. Their right. defense, their but, defense was a big liability. Late, they fell off it, a cliff. They fell off a cliff, man. At a certain point in the season, everything just went left for them to the point where AJ Brown didn't show up to practice, didn't play in the game. People are like, saying I that. Think there's a culture thing to that Philadelphia locker room. People are saying in the chat that Ben Johnson was the one playing the call. I was listening to Pat McAfee and he was talking about the opposite. Either way, I don't care, is that this guy should not be anywhere in the conversation. No, not at all. For this this team. Um, Yeah, everybody said they were showing him calling plays. Joe Brady. Joe Brady back to the top. (laughs) <laughs> dude i was never i never wanted to fire him I, I never wanted to fire him i always said that he was a scapegoat firing and that was right 100 percent uh a couple of super chats our boy white chocolate says ben johnson slash slowly is the coach version of bryson cj uh, oh, i love it no. i love it i is love it? it i love it uh, I don't yeah, think so. yeah there's like the sentiment where everyone's like well slovic is the real talent and Ben Johnson, he's kind of leeching off of what Dan Campbell has been able to do for the Detroit Lions. But hey, man, I don't, it's a conversation. We're still going to have it. I'm with CK on the Ben Johnson thing. And it's not got to do with Ben Johnson himself as like his capability. I think because he's the bell of the ball, because he's going to command a bazillion dollars, that all of a sudden the expectations are just out of the roof for me. 
And then you go, hey, he's never been a head coach. He's going to have a bad team, and it's going to be a letdown. I kind of want the guy that's going to come out of nowhere a little bit. I think Ben John- look, is all right, let's go to that Lions game then. How about that? Well, let's talk. Yeah, two more, two two more, two more, two more super chats. Uh, Gammon Brown, who's a 49ers content creator, came on the free-for-all uh, last Friday. Nice. Awesome. Yeah, you guys had a, a lot of good guests on the free for all this. Yeah, we week. did, man. Hey, y'all need to check out the Friday free for all every Friday at 7 p.m. We're having great conversations over there. Uh, Gammon Brown says a big thank you to everyone on this channel for letting me shamelessly promote my dream of connecting con- content creators of all different teams together. Yeah, he says if we play next year or whenever the next time we play, he would love to do a cross promotion show. And then Nirvosh, uh, <laughs> with the fifteen dollars says, uh, I was trying I feel, to applaud. Yeah, I know, I know. Instead, you told him to shut the hell up. <laughs> uh, Nirvash with the fifteen dollars says it feels like it seems convenient for people to be praising CJ right now and making it seem like it was the obvious pick. In hindsight, there was a huge wave of media who believed Bryce I agree. was the number one pick. I, but I, I think they were also that saying that's. But I think they were also saying that's kind of the problem, right? That too much would get caught up into the you know, who the media is telling you the number one can't miss player is. And a lot of times there's a lot of details that are getting left out of that that aren't even necessarily coming from uh, right. coaches or scouts. Or it, A lot of it is the media. PFF I don't think we gave C.J. Stroud enough credit, Cody, in the time, right? Is that this is, I feel like it is. Don't say me, man. No, well, well, first, I'm not, I'm not a, I'm not a receipt person overall because I like Stroud myself. Like, but I, again, I preferred him at first. Right. I'm not a draft guru. Like, I'm going to, you know, let you guys argue over that shit. But this is what I'm going to go back to. And you can check the receipts on this is that the draft is a cycle. Right. So in the beginning of right now, think about this and it's coming up in the near future. It's going to be about who was great on tape right now. Then it's going to move to the, the combine. Then it's going to move to the pro days and then it's going to move to the S2 test. Right. And people's stocks are going to go up and down, up and down based on, because we got to have something to talk about. We got to do this. We got to do that. What I want to, what I'm just trying to get back to is Stroud's and CK brought this up. Stroud's tape against the Bulldogs should have been the solidifier in so many ways for a lot of us. And that is because we all said, or all the draft had said, it's about the tape. It's about the college play. It's about the college play. That don't lie. That don't lie. That's what they went to with Bryce. And I just trust people. I mean, I'm, whatever. But Stroud put some real shit together in a big moment. And then, you know, we saw, anyway, who gives a fuck? Right now, the Carolina Panthers have Bryce Young. And I think he can be a player. But yeah. right now, we have to do this. We got to pair a coach with this guy. We got to – Bryce Young is not the Panthers' problem. There are a lot of fucking problems and the Carolina Panthers are trying to find a GM. They're trying to find a head coach and Cody, as we've watched this unfold, are they listening to us? 
Um, I, I, think I don't know, man. I don't know. It's hard to say that they're. I think that. I think whenever they respond, like whenever you see things online about them doing things, I feel like they keep a pulse. But I don't necessarily know if they're directly listening to. Us. I hope they are. I really do hope they are. I just don't no, know. But if what they I'm are, saying man. is this: is what have I been? Pounding the table for for years since I got that one guy that I cannot remember his name, uh, a guest. Uh, he was with the Jets front office, and he told and I stole his take. He said this is that when you get infighting between a GM and a head coach, it becomes finger pointing. It becomes like, well, if you didn't get me the right players, you didn't. Do, this isn't the coach I picked. So his solution from the beginning was pair a GM and a coach together, marry them, handcuff them together. And that is what I've wanted the Carolina Panthers to do. Pick a GM, let the GM pick the coach. They get their three years. If the GM says this isn't the right coach, then you say, well, you know what? You're the one that fucking picked them. So now yeah. you're both gone. But then reports have come out, Cody, that the Carolina Panthers have prioritized Hiring the head coach before the GM. Yeah. Yeah. Why? 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 What is going on in this search? Can you give us and the listeners any updates of what's going down on the Carolina Panthers GM and head coaching search? I know that we have virtually interviewed. And now I get irritated with virtual interviews at this point. Like the pandemic's over, motherfuckers. The pandemic's well, over. I know you got to with certain coaches. I think a lot is, of it is just a convenience, especially with playoff teams. Fuck that, man. How are you going to... Okay. How I hear you. I hear really you. Interview? All right, fine. This, because that's the rules. But that uh, Mike Daniel guy or whatever his name is, we're always going to fuck his name up because it's not Mike McDaniel, Jake Daniel, whatever is. Why bring these motherfuckers in? I want to see their body language. I want to see their chemistry. We have interviewed. Who have we interviewed? We've done five, I think. Um, yeah, we haven't finished all of them. I, I know we've done um uh, Monken, we've uh, got Ben Johnson. I don't think we've yet met with Slowick. I know we've we've requested him, and I know he's uh uh he's going to interview. Uh by the way, BG with the 499 says the media. Was being lazy with the Bryce Young takes. The YouTubers who broke down film love CJ, love or hate Chris Sims. He had the best breakdowns of CJ as number one. Yes, sir. I mean, um, look, like we said, we're going to continue to have that convo for a long time. Uh, but Ben Johnson, yep, scheduled to have a virtual meeting. And by the way, to everybody saying, oh, stop talking about you know, another team's quarterback. Well, no, this is why it matters. Because Ben Johnson, right, the bell of the ball, the offensive coordinator that everybody wants, uh, he is going to be interviewed by the Seattle Seahawks. We know that the some commanders point, are chasing yeah, him the, heavily. The commanders are chasing him. The uh, everybody wants him. Are, are chasing him. When you have that type of options, you can pick the best quarterback of the bunch and say, yeah, I want to tie what I'm doing to that guy. And you're having to hope that one of these guys views Bryce in that perspective. I'm going to be honest with you. I do not think that Ben Johnson is going to be the next head coach of the Panthers. I just don't. I, I think this guy is the big name. And I think if it's not the Chargers or the Commanders, 
uh, he's, he's going somewhere else with a better situation. I just don't believe that Ben Johnson is coming here. That's part of the reason why I'm so high on a Bobby Slowick because that was the staff that was reported to want Bryce Young and covet him as a player. So I just don't think Ben Johnson's coming here, but that's just me. Uh, why though? Well, just and, and let and look. It, and it, what simple. I mean by this, it, when I say it, why, it, is first is that I understand the easy answer is Justin Herbert and Chargers, right? The other easy answer is that he rescinded his name in last year's last year. search, but I think he did that for every team too as well. Yes, they overblew that. Like right, so I think we hear this. And I heard one other thing today, which I had not heard, and I was listening to a guy talking about the GM search for the commanders and how they got Adam Peters and how he wants Ben Johnson bad. But he said that Adam Peters pulled his name out of the Carolina shit last year, and I had not heard that. I had, When we followed this, I thought we were following it pretty closely, and we just heard Maybe that makes sense why we didn't even interview. Maybe that's right. why we didn't even. Yeah, we didn't even. Like he didn't want to fuck yeah. with this team. Period. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Um, yeah. I would be happy with Ben Johnson because I think this. I think the expectations are going to be too high with him for us. I think we're gonna we're gonna view him as a savior. I mean, and wow, he is a obviously done some good things with that team, I think he is, I mean, is he Jesus? Does he walk on water? I don't know. You, I feel do like we need a different type of person, but, man. But who do you think the expectations would be small for? Slowly. Like what, uh, I think the second maybe. tier, look, the not first quarterback, like the first, the top pick is like, I think you're going to get a, I don't know. I just think I, I'm with CK. Is there just something that makes it feel like this? Is you get the best, the top name again, you pay the most money, and you think it's going to fix everything, and then you find out there's more to the problem than just that. Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 I agree with you. Why do I, you want him to go? Why do you think he would uh, choose – the commander's job well, more so. No, okay, so a number of different things. One, you can go to a place that has, I mean, look at what they have around them, right? The Panthers don't have a number one pick. Bryce did not look great this year. Uh, they have uh, all this money to be able to spend in free agency. They're picking number two right now. Nobody knows what the Bears are going to do at number one. There's still the chance that the commanders could trade, but the Bears go up to number one and get their preferred quarterback or just sit there and take whatever quarterback they wanted, he would be able to tether himself to either a young rookie quarterback or, again, if you look at someone like the Chargers that have the good players and they have a guy like Justin Herbert, I just don't think when you add in the ownership scenario to everything that we have going on with Tepper, I just don't see uh, Carolina being the, the spot that Ben Johnson is going to sure. land on the argument, I guess to tie himself for the future. The argument against that, I would say, is they're all, they, that's an ownership that is notoriously stingy, um, unable to actually pay people the like you know remember they the Ooh. guaranteed money the Chargers. Oh um, no, we're talking Commanders. 
I said both. So that. Oh, okay. Still I'm sorry. But, but my 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 argument would almost be right now you have the option. To, let's say you want to go to the Chargers. Well, you're guaranteed to be facing the Chiefs every single year, um, who have won that division for the past decade, or you go to the commanders who have the Dallas Cowboys and the Eagles who play in that division, who have either one of those have won that division every single year for the past decade, it seems. Uh, Or you come to the Panthers where you really have a little bit of a toss up, right? You have some question marks around all the teams, the uh, not to take anything away from Tampa Bay, but they're not considered a powerhouse, right? This division still feels like it's up for grabs. Um, And that's the argument for going to Atlanta as well is you had this seems like a place where you could build a team without having to feel like you're uh where you can you can have a a a a small amount of success and still make it to the playoffs where anything can happen heard a couple people talking about on the pat mcabee show about the uh with bill belichick potentially wanting to go to atlanta um i think that that's got to be an appealing piece to this and the fact that david tepper has deep pockets it doesn't hurt the situation yeah do atlanta See, okay, have you noticed in the past two years, Atlanta has really had the opportunity to be a thorn in our side? Mm-hmm. They, like We're always in the running for the same quarterbacks. Now we're going to be in the same running for coaches. And, and again, dude, it's just like Atlanta's always going to be that thorn in the side mm-hmm. of the Panthers' ass. Uh, and Jerry with the 499 says, uh, hello, not good for the Panthers to decide to let Baker Mayfield, Brandon Bean, Sean McDermott, Joe Brady, Christian McCaffrey, and Steve Wilson go and kept the wrong people. Jerry, man, you're spitting fire. Uh, I hear you, brother. I hear you. Um, yeah, I mean, going back to the Ben Johnson thing, CK, it's, uh, it's just like, to mm-hmm. me, I, I don't know. There are so many questions that you have to ask yourself, man. Right. Like, where do you want to raise a family? Where do you see yourself living in the next, you know, 10, 10 years? Do you want to be in the Carolinas, a part of what David Tepper is building? And I think that's going to be a really good question going forward. Yeah. Um, here, I want to rapid fire uh, these next three, and then I'll get to the Belichick thing um, when Tony comes back. So, uh, we we talked about this a little bit earlier. We know that Frank Frank Smith uh, has interviewed with the Panthers again. The Miami Dolphins did not look great uh, traveling to Kansas City. Uh, nope. Again, I have some points I can make, but I'll 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 refrain. Uh, I do think that uh, again he does come from that Shanahan style of offense that Mike McDaniel was running. But he wasn't necessarily calling plays for Miami either. So that's something we'll have to consider going forward. Uh, Some more news on the interviewing front. Uh, The Panthers have interviewed Chiefs uh, VP of Football Operations, Brant Tillis. So we all knew this. Uh, We put this in our um, uh, slideshow last last time we did this. Uh, And Ravens VP Football of Administration, Nick Mateo, today for their vacant GM opening um yeah i mean so the panthers are doing their due diligence they're going through this uh trying to find the guy i'm not really rushed on this right now i hope they take their time but um this is something that i wanted to touch on for a bit uh joe person put out an article uh saying panthers and chemical who said he'd be a team player 
when asked about the possibility of moving to guard. But he added quickly, I know I can play left tackle at an elite level in this league. Um, Bryce Young needs him too. So uh, what do you make about Icky saying he wants to stay at the left tackle position? Uh, I mean, obviously he wants that left tackle money. Can't say I blame him. But, um, I mean, what do you think? He says he'll be a team player if asked to move. What do you think is the likelihood that whatever our new coach is, whoever our new coach is, um, what, what are the chances that they'll move him inside, you think? Um, the fact that it's such a question right now, uh, I, I think it has to be a consideration. I don't know what the odds are. I really don't. Um, I don't know enough about the ins and outs of playing left tackle versus left guard. Uh, I'm not going to pretend to know that. Um, but there's enough people asking that question to make it worthy of the conversation at the very least. And I think that's the thing that a lot of people who want to pretend or uh, come across as the potential of being an expert in that field. Um, that's what I don't think. I, I just don't think that anybody knows what an NFL scout, an NFL coach is going to actually see uh, his potential to be. Um, and who knows? He gets the right situation. Maybe he does turn out to be a great left tackle. Right now, there's just not enough evidence to support that theory because last year, even if you wanted to point to his successes last year, as you have, and I have I have as well, but you've pointed to this piece, uh, they've all come after the fact that we, we became a power run offense as opposed to the alternative of a, of a you know, run or pass first offense or what have you. He wasn't really protecting the quarterback very much because we weren't putting the, the, we were not putting the ball in the quarterback's hands as often uh, last year as we did this year. So it's hard to say. Uh, uh, first shout out to Cody Lack for one of the reasons I love having you as my co-host is that you have opinions, right? (laughs) And that is really an important part of being a podcast, right? Is to have an opinion. Um, and you have, is he frozen? He is very still. Can you hear I'm, me? Oh, there yeah, I can hear you. Yeah, I, I, I can hear yeah, you. I'm, you have frozen in time. Yeah, I was like, man, I'm giving all these compliments to this man. He was like, he's not hearing hear him. him. You want me to say it again? Uh, no, uh, you do have an opinion. We have talked about Cody like dying on this hill. And when you have an opinion, you put yourself out there, number one. Number two is that you have never diminished Icky as a talent, as a player but asked this question really early and maybe you were ahead of the curve a little bit, but like uh, CK was saying is like for people like us or for me and CK, I'm not going to speak for anybody else for CK and I should I say is that we're not going to claim to be these um, people that are going to tell you how to do it. Right. Is we're going to tell you what we think, what could be, I think that there are football people, number one, that are starting to say this, that have been saying this. Right. The media is starting to get on this, too. So it's not like this is a out of the left field perspective. Right. right? Is now it's starting to gain traction with the media. And if we go to the athletic story. Right. Itself. And this is look, there's a lot of people that talk about his athleticism and different things. 
But he quotes this. He said, a veteran scout with another NFC team called the 6'4", 320-pound Equianu, an average starter who's not agile enough to handle speed rushers. Um, He's not. He really isn't. That speed to the edge, dude, it leaves him in shambles. I can't even tell you how many times on that film review we watched and broke down how all it takes is just a simple swipe maneuver, and it, it has no recovery. I don't all, know whatsoever. if it is the, just that simple, Cody, because we add this. We add this. This is what uh, uh, Icky said. He said, I got beat early on, quote, I got beat early on some things in the year, and I kind of just let that carry over into more and more games. I can't do that. I've got to be able to move on from bad plays, stay on my fundamentals, stay on the technique. And I lost that this year. I'm going to make sure I get that back. I think there's a point to that too, right? As I don't think that he is impossible to be a left tackle. Right. I don't think he is not able to handle speed. I don't think he was ready to handle NFL speed rushers where he was at. Now, the question truly is this for the Carolina Panthers. And I think when we think about Icky is, do we have the time to wait for his development at left tackle. Could him playing guard until he's ready? And I know that, look, this is not as simple as just putting people in different places and this and that. But if you're just going to keep killing his mentality or his, like, mentals, like we talked about with Bryce Young, are you doing more damage to him than good? I don't know if he is – I'm not ready to say he can't be a left tackle. I'm just saying this is right now he's not playing good enough for it to be beneficial for the Carolina Panthers yeah, or for any team. And then you go back and look at this. All of these tackles that we talked about being the best and best of the best of the best, all of them are playing right tackle now. (laughs) I just don't know if we have the luxury to keep putting them out there at this moment. Well, it feels so much like we're trying to fit a square peg into a round hole. I've said forever that his skill set is better at guard, is better in a phone booth, man. Let him be big and strong. Let him run downhill. You know, get him out as a pulling guard. That is where you're going to maximize his strengths. And, you know, I've said this for a long time. I'm going to be real. I used to have the opinion that, well, I think that Icky could play left tackle, uh, but I'd prefer him to be guard. Now I really don't even know if that's true, Tony, because when you look at the amount of times that we asked him to pass protect this year, granted, the whole team was not good, so I'm not going to blame everything on him. And Brady Christensen goes down literally the first game of the year. yeah. So he had a lot of uh, instability around him, but, man, the amount of times that Akima Kwanu got beat with even simple shit to the outside, to the inside. Then he was so nervous about being beaten to the outside or inside. Oh, terrible. All of his power would disappear. He gets bum-rushed and bulldozed right back into Bryce Young when that was supposed to be his strength as a player is that core strength, his ability to dig in the trenches and not be moved. I'm just at the point where I feel like uh, it's in regard or nothing at all. I really don't, I don't think that he's hear, built to play anything else. 
I also don't want to hear that we're built for a power run attack and bullshit like this. Right. This offensive line was not built for anything. They started a 97 different players at all these different positions. Well, right. So the line with all the injuries wasn't built for it, but the line that we had last year, which we thought we were bringing back this year, was built for it. I am not going to be a fan of any offensive line that can only do one thing. I'm sorry. Like if that's what, if you have a line that's only built to power run, then I ain't in on it. I'm sorry. Like this is the NFL. You got to be ready to do everything. And um, he regressed as a sophomore. He, I just think this is the Carolina Panthers. The question is not whether or not he can play left tackle or if you move him to guard, but can you realistically go into the season and say that's our only plan? And that was the problem with the Panthers this year, I think, with our roster entirely, was is this is the plan. It's either going to work or it's not. Yeah. And you have to recognize that no plan works in the NFL. Everybody's getting hurt. Everybody, you know, there's adversity that's coming your way. And we saw that the real problem with the Carolina Panthers roster was the front line And when I say the front line, the starters weren't that great. And then the backups were worse. We saw it in the preseason. Our third stringers look worse than everybody's third stringers. What do we got next? We need to take some calls. Yeah. We haven't even talked about the interviews. We got Ben Johnson. We did the. Well, you missed a couple. So we talked about Ben Johnson. We talked about Frank Smith for just a moment, just that we interviewed him. Um, we've talked about Tillis and the Ravens guy that we've interviewed again, very briefly. Uh, but now what the chat room is talking about and something that we need to talk about is what our division rival oh my gosh, Atlanta Falcons, Falcons are doing. Bro. Dude. So they had a three hour meeting with Bill Belichick and listen, you're not just talking for three hours. If there's not real interest there, they, Atlanta knows the asking price. To me, these are the types of meetings where they're sitting down and Bill Belichick is listening to Arthur Blank explain what he feels is wrong with the Atlanta Falcons organization. And it, Bill gets three hours to respond and say if he's the guy for the job. Bill Belichick That's pretty weird to me, man. Hours anywhere. Come on. They were I mean, on a billion, zillion dollar yacht, bro. This is, of course, it's going to take three hours. They were chilling up there doing all the, you know, so, what? But you think that this is just a willy nilly, just, ah, uh, he's, it's a courtesy interview. No, I think you whining and dining, Bill. And by the way, think of it from their perspective. If you bring in somebody like Bill Belichick, Atlanta really only they don't needs have a quarterback. To fix the quarterback position. If they're able to fix that quarterback position, Russell. And, well, I mean, dude, Justin Fields would be on the market. They could even trade up for a Jaden Daniels who won the Heisman this year. Um, but Tony, literally, as we were sitting here doing the show, uh, this is 14 minutes ago. And remember, this is after a report that David Tepper or that Jim Harbaugh would still be interested in the Panthers job. But David Tepper doesn't want anything to do with Jim Harbaugh. He doesn't. Well, uh, apparently that is not true for the Atlanta Falcons. Because they have also interviewed Michigan head coach Thank you, Jim C-P Harbaugh Anthony. 
for their opening. And dude, I don't know what to tell you, man. Right now, the Fal- the Falcons, dude, they're willing to uh, leave no stone unturned in finding their next head coach. And uh, let's talk about this. No stone a lot unturned. of people. These are like the names. A lot of right, but it's it's stones that the Panthers aren't turning over, Tony. So why is David Tepper too proud to not be able to talk to someone like a Jim Harbaugh? Meanwhile, he could get scooped up by the division rivals and is one of the best proven team builders in all of football. So why are the Panthers too good to interview a Jim Harbaugh? We know Um, why. We all know why. It's not because they're too good. It's because David Tepper can't deal with someone whose personality is going to be bigger. I mean, it's very simple. Is this is Harbaugh won't so listen? Petty, man, he won't listen. No, he just won't listen. He won't listen. This is why you're not going to interview. First, I don't think Bill Belichick's a great fit for the Carolina Panthers. Um, I, it, these these are personalities that are bigger than David Tepper's. They're personalities that the money that David Tepper has doesn't intimidate right i mean think about that you think bill belichick is gonna his dick's gonna get soft just because david tepper has a big fucking pocketbook Uh, i mean he wants to go where he can win well i'm just saying this is i don't think i think he needs david tepper needs to know that he's the big dog in the room I think he needs to hire someone with enough balls to tell David Tepper to go fuck himself. Well, that's what he needs to do, but that's what he's not do- going to yeah. do. That's the Harbaugh not interviewing Harbaugh is that example. There is no look. Belichick not a great fit. Pete Carroll, these guys too old. This and that. Harbaugh is the right type of guy. Yeah, I believe he's, he's the years perfect. Old. He's built programs everywhere he's go he goes he's beloved by the players he's an offensive guy he's a former carolina panthers quarterback he's all the things the one thing he is though is confident and egotistical or belief enough in himself to tell david tepper to fuck himself yeah but i just if you're that's the now, reason why. Why else would you interview him? Think about that. Why yeah. else would you not fuck with him? I mean, dude, it's so egotistical, though. Like, why That's did you the feel? Point. Yeah, I mean, look, listen, I've said for a while, I think David Tepper has done nothing but meddle and stick his fingers in the cookie jar when they weren't supposed to be in there. And listen, I don't know. If if this is ever not going to be the case with David Tepper, I'm gonna be real, Tony. That's a part of the reason why I'm a little bit uh, tepid to hire these first time head coaches, these guys that don't have the experience, because it's like if you're gonna be the first one to give me a head coaching job in the NFL, they're not really in a position to tell David Tepper no if he starts to butt his head into every conversation. More importantly, I'm even wondering if they have the wherewithal. Guys like Ben Johnson and Bobby Slowett to go up to David Tepper when he's being when they're being interviewed and say, "Well, what is the process between me and you, David? Am I going to be forced to have mandatory meetings every Monday after a game to give you an update on what's going on? Like, is that a part of the job that 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 I'm coming to here? Because I don't know if the Chargers are going to make me do that. 
I don't know if the commanders are going to make me do that. I don't know if any of these other teams are going to make me do that. And that's why we can't get a hardball. That's why we're not going to get those guys. It, it, that's that's sad, man, because it doesn't point to a good outcome for the Panthers if we're if we're just going to hire someone that David Tepper is going to be able to boss around. Well, let's talk about that in this light then is why are the Carolina Panthers basically ignoring the GM position right now? I mean, look, is the reports have come out that said that they are prioritizing the head coaching position first. The interview us. Sure. Do you think anybody we have interviewed to this point realistically has a jo- uh, shot at the job? I feel uh, like the interviews we have had now up to this point, think about who they have been, Monken, Dan, uh, the the defensive coordinator for the Ravens. Yes, these are interviews you can have. Um, the other ones were some other small name. Do you really believe that those are the names they're targeting, though? I mean, yeah, I think part of it is casting a wide net. Uh, and I think that's really what you, what you should do. But I, I don't know, man. Like, I, I think they're... I mean, it's hard to know what, what they're doing. I don't know if they have their eyes set on one person, if they're just doing their due diligence right now. And then again, you don't know what information is being record, recommended to David Tepper by this firm, Sportsology. Like, they're bringing him the guys, but it, David Tepper has to be the one to make the decision. And there's just no way of knowing what his criteria is. I think Monken has a chance. And Tony, Tony that, that flying for Jesus said that here. Yeah, I think, and, and part of the reason why I think so, Tony, is because of what I said about Ben Johnson. I don't think that the bigger names in this coaching round, and there's a lot of really good names out there, but I think the bigger, more popular young names, they're going to have their pick of wherever they want to go. And I don't believe Carolina is high up on any of those lists. Who are the top names? Who, tell me. Uh, what your rankings are, A. My and personal B, rankings or how the media or the... Tell me, you can take the conversation however you want. Mine is Bobby I mean, Ford. obviously, Ben Johnson is... Look, you called him the bell of the ball. I've heard people on the radio using that terminology now. They must be listening to the C3 Panthers podcast. They sure do. Um, to me, he is the hottest name of hot, Right. And everybody else is second to him in the media, whatever that is. Yeah. So look, my, my top three, my personal top three. If I had my my druthers on what it would be, uh, it would be uh, Bobby Slowick, number one. I believe that he's he's the guy to turn around Bryce, and I've said that numerous times. Then my number two would be Harbaugh, because of how he has proven himself to be a team builder, a culture builder everything that the Panthers need right now. Uh, Tony, I'm going to be honest. This Dave Canellis has really started to grow on me. Like yeah. if, if your whole MO is taking quarterbacks that nobody really believed in and, and turning them, them into fucking awesome, turn them into a 4,000 yard passer, dude, sign me up. Like that's, that's what I want too, man. I'm, I would love that. Um, again, Frank Smith, like he didn't call plays in Miami, so I'm not too too high on him. Um, but those would be my, my top my top three. Now I think if you're asking the media who the top three is, I mean I think they'd say Ben Johnson number one, which for obvious reasons. 
Um, you know, I think they would probably say uh, Mike Vrabel, number two, again, had, had the Titans in the playoffs for a long time. Again, we know that we all thought he was going to get that New England coach. job, and they, yeah, yeah, that, yeah. And it looked like that Mayo, Gerard Mayo guy, had something built into his, yeah, contract. Gerard, yeah, him and uh, Gerard Mayo and Belichick, uh, had it written into their contract that he would be next, yeah, man. So, uh, but yeah, Vrabel is the name that's out there. Um, I, I don't know, man. I, I mean, I, I guess you know, Bill Belichick to a lesser degree because it has that experience but again, I don't nobody that thinks that yeah. bill belichick wants to come here i don't want bill look first i think bill belichick is the greatest coach that we've seen in our lifetime just like nick saban's the greatest college coach we've seen ever right i mean like i think it's pretty clear and i i think bill belichick would be great for the cowboys right now that's what I would put him on as a Cowboys yeah, team. Yeah, yeah. Um, that that's another point too. They, but my number Cowboys one is Harbaugh. Probably open. My number one personally is Harbaugh, but it's not because I don't like it. Like, uh, first, I don't think it's going to happen. Second, um, I think it's because he just has had so much success everywhere, right? But I am on this slowic train. I'm with you on that. Same, man. He, he um, has experience on both sides of the ball. When he was on that 2013 Washington team, he was as a defensive assistant. So he has the both sides of the ball knowledge. Uh, they have the type of offense that would benefit Bryce. To me, is the dream hire for the Panthers. And Tony, and you mentioned it too. Doesn't that seem within our realm? Like if you hear that that's the Panthers hire, that's where I'm kind of at with the uh, with you with what you're talking about with Ben Johnson, yeah. and that's kind of why I threw Monken out there early. Is not because I I really don't know these guys don't have any experience beyond just this one and a half years that we've seen. Monken's been around a little bit longer, obviously, than Slowick at just football because he's like fifty seven or fifty eight or whatever, right? But we are. Not we are not going to get the, the hottest girl in the room. I mean, we might with money. We might win money. But there is something to me about finding that guy that is the second prettiest. And what I mean by that is everybody told us that Bryce Young was the prettiest. Everybody, I kind of think about this as I go to the Bengals head coach. I didn't know who the fuck that dude was. I still don't even know his name. But somehow they're good. And he yeah. is like, but they kind of had to dip outside the comfort zone of people. And remember when they hired him the first year, they had the worst pick in the draft. And that's when they drafted Joe Burrow. So they, they practiced a little bit of patience too. And I think that's another thing. Whoever you're going to hire, I think David Tepper has to tell them, I am not firing you after the end of this season to the point where I would want it in writing. I would want, I would want it in writing in my contract that I am not going to be fired after the next year based off of performance. I'm not going to be one. Well, and you done. can thank Frank Reich for not getting fired. There, there is not going to be a worse team than what the Panthers fielded this year. There can't be. 
Everybody said that can't. last year too. Yeah. Everybody said that last year too, man. You better be careful with that shit, Tony. Okay. Dude, come on, man. That dude. No one I, thought I that can't it would believe. be worse than Matt Rule. This was the worst. No, I mean, I didn't say the coach. This was the worst team. From coaches to players to everything. Everything. Oh, hands hands and this is where I'm really, we need to get some calls. We need to do some yeah, more do just bitching and complaining or whatever we're talking about. Let's do it. Let's do some calls. Um, but this, they will not listen to us about hiring the G. I think the commanders got it right. Yeah, dude, the commanders. I think they moved quickly the and decisively on their GM. And now their GM is leading the coaching search. How fucking wow. Holy shit. It makes sense. Let's take some calls. The number's 252-228-5098. Let your voice be heard on the C3 Panthers podcast. So what are your thoughts on catcalling? Yeah, it's pretty sh- You shouldn't do that to somebody. And how did that make you feel? Uh, very uncomfortable. So how do you think catcalling makes the person feel? It feels two, good. Like- and a three and a four and a who's that cat sitting in the back corner with his face buried in his nose? Who's that kid that can use one? Hey, yo, G3 fam, what's up? It's Lou from fucking Fort Myers. Yeah, what up, Lou? <laughs> hey, Panther Pickle. <laughs> Shut the hell up! <laughs> you was doubting on them Texans, boy. God damn. Our Friday night free for all. I think only two people. I want to say JJ and Anthony had the Texans winning. Yeah, I picked Everybody the Browns. doubted them. And I said, bro, the Texans, bro, I wasn't in the spaces. If I was, bro, I'd, bro, I'd be flaming y'all, bro. <laughs> Listen. Well, get in there, Green damn, Bay, bro. Green Bay, that, that was an upset no one saw. That that right there ruined my whole leg. But God, Libra. I just had to say it to Pickle one time. But, hey. And then um, back to the Friday free-for-all. They said if we could sign one free agent wide receiver, I know everybody wants T. Higgins, mm-hmm. but I'm telling you, if Brandu, uh, Brandon Ayuk is on that board, I'm taking him. I'm hot take, but I'm taking Ayuk over Higgins. And and that's just Whoa, that's right. just me. Be like you got to realize too. Higgins is a number two option. You would have to trade for Ayuk. Really like number four, really? like because you got Kittle. D- well, first it goes. McCaffrey, Debo, Kittle, then I. That's just how it is. He's a number four option. And as like a number four, he puts up mad numbers. Only six foot tall. Like he's got Brock Purdy throwing him the ball, dog. Like, you know what I'm saying? We're going about to find out if Purdy beats these cam allegations. But boy, oh boy. But yeah, no, I'm taking Ayuk. But, you know, this may not sound crazy. I know George Pickens is on his rookie deal, but boy, oh boy, I take Pickens over T. Higgins. I take a George Pickens over T. Higgins, crazy. in my in my opinion. It, it's a hot take, but I really take him like that. There's a lot of there's a lot of free agent wide receivers. Y'all just want some Pro Bowl, three time Hall of Fame ass wide receiver. Nobody like that is coming to Carolina. And it, it's kind of fucked because it, it's going to sound bad when I say this, but 
a Jerry Judy on this squad for cheap would not sound bad. Would not sound bad. I don't care what I numbers agree. he's producing. You got to realize Jerry Judy did get like top uh, top wide receiver of the nation in one point of his life, and like that's hard. That's a hard accolade to like get, but. I don't know. Uh, shout out C3. Shout out D. Shout out Anthony. Shout out. Oh, got caught off in the shout outs. Mm. Um, you know, uh, I do think that's uh, the Pickens over T. Higgins. Super hot take. I think um, maybe Pickens. I think this is Daniel's right in the chat. He says Pickens already displaying typical Steelers wide receiver toxic traits. I was I tuned in to the Friday free for all guys and look I know we get the propensity to support guests when they come on. And you guys had a 49ers guy come on, he was wonderful. Yep. But all this, all of a sudden uh, Pickle and them started schlobbing over damn Kittle over Kelsey. I was like, get this shit out of here. I would bro. take Kittle over, I would take Kittle over Kelsey. Dumb. Every, every the day, dumbest day. shit. First of all, give, give me the guy. Give me, give me, give me, uh, give me the guy who does everything. Versus, oh my uh, god, y'all are out of your mind. Um, that's a Anthony Fauci's foot massager, right? Travis Kelsey. What? That's uh Doctor Fauci's foot massager, Travis Kelsey. Uh, yeah, okay, okay. Right. Well, they want to hold that against him. I'm just sorry. Like, is uh, no. Uh, absolutely right, no right. on that. I like my tight ends that can block, Tony. That's all I'm saying. I like my <laughs> tight ends that score 28 touchdowns or whatever the fuck he does. <laughs> okay. Kelsey is why big George right. Kelsey is better than actual receivers. Well, he is a receiver. <laughs> I mean, he damn near is. The dude okay. doesn't. You know, Guess what we need? Receiver. All right. Tight Let's tight take another. No, we need both. Let's take another call. <laughs> Three Paisans, how you doing? Hey, Paisans. Beautiful fucking Tuesday afternoon here in Spartanburg. Just got a haircut of fucking uh, great clips there. Fucking that broad totally botched my fucking hair. I look like a fucking <laughs> jerk off. Oh, no. fucking beanie for like two weeks. Oh, anyway, no. how about them playoffs, huh? The fucking uh, two big juggernauts, Cowboys, Eagles, gone, done. Don't know what the fuck happened with the Eagles, but holy mm. shit. I never seen a team like that implode so bad. Fucking towards the end of the season and then just get knocked the fuck out. But uh, still, uh, I saw that Eagle fans want uh, Sirianni gone, and I tend to agree with them because I want him. If it's not <laughs> him, uh, you know what? My new number one besides him would be Harbaugh. Just learned that he's like quarter Italian, so he's got my respect now. Ooh, a quarter Italian. National championships. I don't give a shit about that. All I care about is the bloodline. You know what I'm saying? Anyway, I digress. Uh, yeah, really nothing else going on in Panther world. Uh, interviewing some jerk-offs for the job of being a jerk-off. <laughs> so I guess we're just going to have to wait and see, boys. All right, have a good show. Talk to you later. Uh, your thoughts on Sirianni, not as a Panthers coach, but just on what's going on. Philadelphia, to me, they fired Andy Reid after three straight NFC championship, like championship appearances. They fired Doug Peterson two years after a Super Bowl win. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. 
Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson natural boneless chicken breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Right. Nick Sirianni was in the fucking Super Bowl last year. This team started 10 and 1. They made it to the play. Yes, it was a slide downhill. It's hilarious that they're already talking about wanting to fire this dude. Yeah, he was no, yeah, I think it's a done year. deal. I think he's fired already. Basically. I mean, they're already so throwing popcorn the, at him, dude. Like, why do the Eagle? I, but is that just? Oh, did you the, see that video, Cody? Is that that just that game the yeah, I saw that where he, they're literally throwing popcorn at him and going through the tunnel. And but they my thing, send like, the whole fucking police squad after him. Yeah, but like my thing is this though: uh, they did the same thing to Doug Peterson. Like they won a Super Bowl and like the next year or whatever, they're out the door. Like, is that just a byproduct of being a Philadelphia head coach? Like, even if you're like not meeting a certain dude, being in the playoffs year after year and then firing a head coach, like that shows you how bad the Panthers are, dude. The fact that people are doing that and we can't even sniff the playoffs and they're firing playoff coaches, like that's wild to me, man. Playoffs. I um, I kind of get it a little though Just in this start all over because like- look, he is an Italian. I'm going to support him on this. Is the slide downhill is questionable? His difficulties with his coordinators is a red flag. The Matt Patricia, you hire Matt Patricia. Even that's you know what that's been Bill Belichick's cred went down. So when he brought back Matt Patricia and Joe Judge and those fools, um, I think it is Philadelphia just being Philadelphia in many ways. I still think I think Doug Peterson was is a good coach. Was a, and I don't know how he got blackballed for a whole year out of this whole deal. Remember when they fired him and he didn't have a job for a year and this and that. Yeah. Somebody yeah. asked is Sirianni our Doug Peterson. I'm not that confident in Sirianni entirely yet, but I think if they fired him, then maybe David Tepper isn't as rash as we thought. Let's go to the next call. This is Chase from Anderson. Uh, Chase from Anderson. What's up, guys? Uh, this is Chase from Anderson. You know, look at, I want to talk about Baker Mayfield. Remember when he was here? And when he was at in the Browns, how everybody said how much of a turd of a uh, quarterback he is, and now he is Not at me. a different team and a better system with an actual team around him, and he's how good he's playing. Keep that in mind when people talk about Bryce Young. I know he hasn't played good, but let's 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 reverse or, or swap uh, Bryce and C.J. Stroud. And what would that look like? What if C.J. Stroud had came here and put up the same numbers that looked the exact same way and Bryce had went to Houston and looked the way C.J. Stroud is? Would it be saying the same thing? Who knows? But, yeah, that's something to think about. Um, Cody is definitely answering this. 
I forgot what else I was going to say. You got to use your line. Missed y'all having the show on Sunday. Yeah, I miss doing a show on Sunday, believe it or not. I didn't. Uh, yeah, the to- the line that Tony wants me to uh, repeat is, if my aunt had nuts, she'd be my uncle. You can if, if, if all you want. Like CK said, we're never going to be able to see that. Uh, listen, I don't know that Bryce makes all the throws that CJ made this year, just from an arm talent perspective. And I know people hate me for saying that, dude. Whatever. I'm, I'm not going to come up here and lie to y'all. If I'm wrong, I'm wrong. Y'all know I'm not. Uh, I'm okay to be wrong, but I don't know if that's true. And I don't think that CJ would look as good on uh, the Panthers as he does the Texans. That that's obvious. But um, I don't know, man. We're gonna be having this conversation. Let's for a redirect long time. this to something more controversial. And that is where was all you, the fucking, you're able to find all the best posts on shit like this. Where was all it. the smoke? Where is all the smoke for you know all those motherfuckers that we had to deal with last year that were like, oh Teddy Bridgewater, fucking be so great. Teddy Bridgewater. What about oh, yeah. Teddy Bridgewater? Well, here is the deal. Is yes, Baker sucked for the Carolina Panthers, but the Carolina Panthers sucked. They sucked. I love this post right here. Said this, Justin, at Justin BTW underscore. He says, five black quarterbacks made it to the divisional round this year. All of them under 28. (laughs) The league is in safe hands. Patrick Mahomes, Stroud, Hmm. Lamar, Jordan Love, and Baker. (laughs) (laughs) Baker. Look, yeah, Baker getting love from black people. And this is where I want to pull out those. Is that know, a recent thing? Is that a recent thing? Like, did black folk always love Baker? Or is that I, like. Uh, yeah, a, look, and then, so then you got to this is that we're here for the comments, baby. Oh, right. <laughs> right we got to be here for the comments. Let's see. Uh, uh, look, one said this. I saw this and was going to say six and add Baker, but I didn't see he was already on there. <laughs> we need the same. Uh, so then you get people that take it literally. But look, they put up shit like that. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Baker, didn't he have a hot tub in his jo- fucking... Jordan says Baekwon. <laughs> that shit's awesome. <laughs> look, they said Baker definitely black. Uh, uh, that's why. And, then, and then you got to get the... Uh, they, hold on. There's this one guy up here that got a lot of shit. Daniel said Bakari. <laughs> but uh, Bakari, this one guy said this is uh, this one guy goes on and goes, oh, he's white, and he fucking argues with everybody, and all these people are like, oh, you're the fun dude at the party. <laughs> you know, is nobody's really literally like it's just Baker. Look, good for this is I I just want to say, where's all the smoke for all that fucking shit people talked about Teddy Bridgewater after he left? And then we get uh who did we get after that? Darnold. They're like, fucking Darnold sucks. Teddy Bridgewater, Baker sucks. Where is all the smoke about look at how great Baker was this year? Nobody's talking about it. I don't know, man. Uh, I, I don't think like- Baker's great either. I don't. I don't you also? It. I watched don't you it. feel like Tampa Bay was also really up and down this entire year? Like yeah, the I mean, narrative for nine against us. Yeah, like the narrative for the majority he of the year hurt. is that 
nobody wanted to go out and win the division. Like yeah, one team would win and, and they'd lose. And it's like, listen, man, good for Baker, good for Tampa. I don't think Baker is like some future heavyweight that we have to worry about every He's year. He's cool, man. though, like, bro. He's cool. He's you know cool. who he is? He's, He's cool. He's all right. He's not great. He's this. He's Sam Darnold with personality. No, he, he, you know who he reminds me of? He reminds me of your boy uh, who came from your shirt. Gardner Minshew? He, he has a little bit of Gardner Minshew to him. Oh, yeah. Well, he's not. Yeah. Um, he's Gardner Minshew with a five-star. Five, <laughs> like uh, with uh, coming from a good recruiting, recruiting class. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He got he the to- number one pick. Uh, Treatment, yeah. With them, yeah, yeah, nah, yeah. Gardner, fuck with all these. I, I mean, look, is who are the people you want to hang with in the NFL? If I could have a weekend with any peoples, number I, one, number one, unequivocally is Jameis Winston. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I yeah. have to hang out with this guy. He's the coolest motherfucker he in the world. Seems like the best. So cool, so cool. Is did you see the interview? We didn't get to talk about it on last week's show. The interview they did at the end of the game. Oh yeah, fucking perfect. I I love that dude. He said. He said, and then he said, he said, well, why? Why do you think it was wrong? He said, well, you got to play him twice next year. And you know what? Jameis was fucking right on this. Who gives? Yeah, you hate each other anyway. Like what? He said said, we already played him twice. (laughs) I don't give a fuck about. I'm not going to be on this team next year. Listen, that Saints head coach. Is such a pussy for oh we're so sorry to the Atlanta Falcons and their organization. Uh, we're, we're so sorry, dude. One, it's a division rival. Uh, last year, uh, Burrow did the same thing through a touchdown pass at the end of the game against the Pittsburgh Steelers, and their coach Zach Taylor. I remember Zach Taylor. Uh, he said, "No, we we support it, but we're never gonna uh, not like running up the score." It's a division. Well, rival. this was. They did fake a victory. Right, but there's pose, more and then It was like a trick play. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, but fuck the Falcons. Jameis no, checked, checked to a run because they were trying to get Jamison Williams uh, a touchdown. They hadn't that, had one all year. Yeah, they hadn't had one all year. The, last year he had over 10 for Detroit. So they were trying to get mm. him a touchdown. They did what was going to build morale with the offense and with the team and in the locker room instead of doing what their head coach wanted to do, having them kneel out for a play. So what? Dude, every Saints fan wants Allen fired. They want him gone. Well, they want everybody gone. They want Carr, but they should. But they should, man. That that's, that dude sucks. Mm. Jameis Winston, my number one person I want to hang out with in the NFL. Number two is Gardner. Mm, I don't know about you. Yeah, dude. <laughs> Fucking cool as fuck, bro. Be nice to you. I don't even know if I would put Cam in my top five. Is it because we've just been exposed to him and so many other like like we we know we've seen him in his content behind the scenes. We already know what he's like day to day. I think you it? don't want to meet your heroes sometimes. Ooh, like okay, I don't want I don't want to meet Cam and him not love me as much as I love him. Yeah, they said no, and like, what if he's kind of like a, you know, like, and I'm like, oh god, now I can't love you as much. Like, 
I don't know. I just, <laughs> I think that Jameis is fucking 100 cool. Um, Baker, though, come on. I think Baker would be nice to you, bro. <clears throat> Dude, Baker would be cool, but I, I, I'd have to think about that. If I'm if I'm gonna hang out with a player, I, I don't know who. Uh, it, yeah, think about it. Who is it? We're gonna take another answer. call. I want you guys actually call in if you could have a player to hang out with uh, for a weekend or a night. Who would it be? Uh, I think Randy Moss would be good, fun to go fishing with. He's cool as fuck. Now, did you mean at any point in time, like all they have to do is uh, play at the NFL or like a current player? Well, at first I was thinking current, but then I thought of the cam thing. But then, yeah, I mean, there's a bunch of people that I would pick. But if we're talking current. Yeah, look at this. This shit's funny. Look at this shit. Tony's going to be picking pedals of flowers. Let's go back to Chase. That's exactly right. What's up, this Chase again? I remember what I was going to say. I keep it short. Why the hell would anybody want to hire Bill Belichick? Because he's like 112 years old. <laughs> he went from Tom Brady and winning Super Bowls <laughs> to one of the worst rosters in the league and one of the worst teams in the league. Why? Why the hell would anybody hire this guy? Just retire, Bill. Save yourself the embarrassment that you that, – well, should I say any further embarrassment? Oof. I disagree. I think Bill Belichick would be great with a great team. He's kind of like the coaching version of Tom Brady. As you bring him in with a great, I think like with the Cowboys, you think the Cowboys are getting bounced like that with Bill Belichick as their coach? I mean, we see what happened to the Patriots a few times this year. So yeah, possibly. They didn't have a great team though. It was the team he built. Okay. I'm not saying he needs to be the GM. His defense is going to be better than Dan Quinn's. I don't think I'm, he's, uh, based on what I heard uh, from, uh, I think, Michael Lombardi on uh, on Pat McAfee's show today, who is, by the way, friends with Bill Belichick. He's like, why would he want to go to Carolina? Like, dude, I got, don't want him in Carolina. What if he goes to the Falcons, though, CK, and they get Justin Fields? How do you feel about that? And then they bring in Cam Newton to mentor Justin Fields. I don't think that I'm not I'm backup. not super worried about it because he wasn't able to capitalize Cam Newton when he came up there. He was until he got COVID. No, Cam Newton didn't play nearly as good as he should have. Five touchdowns, 400 yards against the Seattle Seahawks in game one, whatever yeah. it was. We didn't really one get game. to see. And look, Bill Belichick isn't an offensive guru. That's the thing is like he's the defensive guy. You know right. what I'm saying? So it's not like he's going to make that person also. I'm just saying what is the worst case fucking scenario is the Falcons with a shutdown defense and then a quarterback that looks like Cam Newton. That's my worst nightmare. Uh, let's go to my bastard son. Also worst nightmare when his mother told me that it was mine. Yo, it's White Charlie Espresso. Listen. Uh, let me uh, give you my order of what I want in a head coach or who I want for a head coach. Number one is Jim Harbaugh. Probably not going to come here. Number two, Eric Bieniemy. I don't think Tepper wants him here. <laughs> I would like uh, Eric B. 
and Ben Johnson, number three, the Charleston native. I would like him. He's he's done it twice now. He's not just like a one year wonder. You know. This is the second year as offensive coordinator and he's killing it still. So uh fourth, like Mike McDonald from the Ravens. The dude that Justin Houston walked. Houston Houston came here, did nothing. Picked up Clowney. Clowney probably had the best year of his career. Um five uh, the one Cody like slowly. He's good and everything. He, he reminds me of what Ben Johnson was last year. Like he had, had all this hype. You know, only reason he's fought fifth is because I would like to see more, I guess. Those are my head coach searches. Also, the draft is being held in Detroit this year. Mm-hmm. So if you're looking for a Super Bowl pick, I want to go with the Lions. The script is written. You know what I mean? Um, as far as that goes, not really much going on. Just, just waiting for the draft, waiting for the combine. I don't know. Waiting for us to get a new head coach and GM. The GM, I, people were mad if we get Dan Morgan. I don't know. Cause he, he was the assistant. He can offer up stuff to Scott Fitter to do, but in the day, Scott Fitter is going to do what Scott Fitter is going to do. Just like David Tepper is going to do what he's going to do. Uh-huh. Well, so Scott Fitter really is fired. GM. Just hoping a prayer. That's pretty much it. That's all I got. Keep pounding, keep watching, do whatever the fuck you want, I guess. Okay. Peace. Eric Bienname, not even on the radar for teams. It's wild. I, I don't, I mean, Sam Howell, I know he struggled and they were getting sacked a lot, but he came in there year one and Sam Howell was like leading the league in passing yards. Yeah, like majority of the year. yards by like week 10 or something. Right. Um, so, I mean, it, it, and that's the guy who nobody expected to be a franchise guy. Uh, he's but they not, don't you know, either now. Well, They've like, already exactly, given but, up on him. But my point being is like he was able to turn that guy into a passing leader in the NFL. There's been some issues there, offensive line. I, I don't know that you can give up on him entirely. I was watching some of his games and you put him in the right situation. That dude's going to be a baller too. Um, he was I'm not interested, CK, in any of these fucking assistants from shitty teams. That's my that's my argument. I'm sorry, like if you're in, interviewing Thomas Brown or Ajiro Evero as your head coach right now, think about that. If you hired, if you're the fucking Falcons and you hired Evero, <clears throat> are you excited as a fan? No, <clears throat> the team was the they came from a two and fifteen team, right. Sorry, I'm like I, and I think that's why Dan Quinn's stock should fall, which I didn't like anyway. I think that's why. Um, if we look at some of these other, let, let's see what else. Uh, who were some of the other kind of teams that blew it? Uh, the Browns, they weren't really shopping anybody. The Dolphins, they were too hurt. Green Bay, I wouldn't fuck. Oh, the Philadelphia guys. Like, I wouldn't fuck with any of the Philadelphia coordinators, even though they had a winning record right now. I'm sorry. Like, I'm just not feeling it. Like, if you're going to tell me Ben Johnson is the bell of the ball, then why is Biennemi even in the conversation? Dude, Biennemi was on a bad team, and yet okay, Howell fine. had great numbers. And I wanted Biennemi a long time ago. That was my number one back before we uh, hired Matt Rule. Being was the guy that Why? I want. 
What about because him? He, because we he was calling about him. We don't know He was calling plays for the Kansas City Chiefs. He was. He was. He was. Everybody tried to say that he wasn't. Dude, they all came out and said in those final years that Andy Reid would give the play calling off no, to Airbnb, and like he did. And by the way, he was the one that called plays this year and had Sam Howell looking like a good quarterback most okay. of the year. Okay. I am not trying to get a coach off of the Giants, the Patriots. Like, I mean, look at all these, the Panthers. I'm sorry. At the end of the day, like if you're trying to convince me about how these guys are so great, don't go to a team that's been shitty. I'm just saying you can do it worse, a lot worse. than. Here's my question. Do you think that if Ben Johnson gets hired with the commanders, do you think he wants Eric Bieniemy back? No, because he wouldn't have any need for him if he's there. Why? Andy Reid needed him. No, because if he's going to be the one calling plays, then you don't have the need. If Ben Johnson's running the offense, you have no need for Eric Bieniemy. So why okay. why hire any offensive coordinator? I know. No, you're you. You're complaining. No, the if you would no, like to not. have an offensive play caller, if you want an offensive coordinator who doubles as a play caller. And that guy ends up being your coach, but then it's like it's like having too many cooks in the kitchen. You want like a Frank Smith type. You're not going to ask Eric Bieniemy to take a step down and go from calling plays to then not calling plays. Then why does the guy from the Dolphins have a job? Uh, I mean, that was his job. To That's, what? Just sit in the corner and let Mike McDaniel call no, I mean, plays? Because you're not. I mean, the, look, there's the one who calls plays. And then there is the one that you know installs the offense during throughout the course of the week. You mean like Eric Bieniemy was in on Kansas? the same page? Well, dude, no, bro. We don't. Nobody has a reason for liking any of these fools. We just get a name. We get a person. We latch on to. Oh, what are you talking about? There's it's plenty true. of reasons. It's true. People. You didn't. Dude, nobody this, knew Bieniemy before. That's not I, I wanted Bieniemy before Matt Rule. I think the best argument for Bienemy has been his time in Washington. I think that helped at least solidify right. some things, and that's why he broke away. But I ain't trying to fall. All right. I'm sorry. Those guys are good. He had more control over that oh, offense. If the Bills, here's the he question. Had, if, he the had Bills, if the Bills win the Super Bowl, is Joe Brady a name that people start thinking about? He always was. Oh, okay. All right. Next call. Oh, my phone just went too dark. Here you go. Yo, what's up, C3? It's Anthony from Charlotte. Hope y'all boys are having a good Tuesday. Um, got a little bit of a cold. There's definitely something going around right now. Um, sure. But I want to give my thoughts on, you know, the upcoming uh, head coach and uh, GM. So I want to start off. Brian Johnson now. After what I saw last night, that was not good, and he has not been good this season. But then there's also been reports that have come out that the offense that they're running in Philadelphia is more of what Nick Sirianni wants to run, and he may not have the full reign to do what he wants. But then again, we heard this with Thomas Brown. But the playbook is the playbook. You can't really change it midseason. So, you know, maybe there's some upside with him. If you bring Alex Habe, um this Dan Morgan thing. I, listen, I don't know why you guys are trying to uh, 
get bought into something that's not that has no stock in it. I mean, we're just doing the same thing you guys did. What you guys did with Scott Fitter, I was the one that told you Scott Fitter sucks since like 2021. Just a number of things that he did. I'm not willing to give Dan the benefit of that, that doubt. It's time to go get someone with new eyes, new ears, and a new resume that comes from not the Carolina Panthers because this organization has been a dumpster fire for six seasons now. We do not need um, someone promoted within. As for who I want as coach, I mean, Ben Johnson's up there. But the guy I want to talk about is Dave Canales. Look at the master class he put on versus the Eagles defense last night, getting multiple guys involved. Mike Evans had a tough night, and he was still able to get guys like David Moore, former Panther, by the way, Rashad White involved. Trey Palmer, Kate Otten. I mean, talk about a use of guys. That's a guy I'd love to be as head coach. I think if you want him to believe, if you think he could believe in Bryce Young, then bring him here. So, yeah, that's my, like, low-key underdog favorite. I do want to bring this up, though. I mean, you guys saw Baker Mayfield ball the fuck out last night. He now has more playoff wins than the Browns organization since 1995. He now has more playoff wins than the Carolina Panthers since 2015 okay baker mayfield was not the problem here last year and i see see a lot of people you know regretting the trade-up and that's fine we did give up too much but if you simply wanted to you know you could have rolled with a guy like baker mayfield if you were in a non david tepper ran organization this is so revisionist so for all the people that kept saying, well, why were you taping for Baker this and that? Because he has top 12 potential when he's not part of a complete dump. Oh, get off Anyways, of here, You're fucking Hopefully high. Hopefully can get this all done soon. I do want to bring this last point up. Why I'm the high. fuck hasn't he interviewed Jim Harbaugh? Like, what is this? Like, we know we have it. This is scaring yeah. me. Is Tepper going to make the same mistakes again? There's a good chance of it. Anthony. How do we know that he hasn't? Interviewed him? Yeah. There's been zero reports. That's how. Just the reports is all. Yeah, they and I think they have to file it with the league. Like I don't think you can. No, they don't. The, don't the only thing they have to file with the league. Interview people. Yeah, you. Well, I mean, again, I mean, I'm not saying that that it's entirely secret. I'm just saying they may not be reporting it to the public. And also keep in mind, I mean, David Tepper has been in contact from what we've heard has been in contact with Jim Harbaugh for the past 18 months. Yeah, so it's not out of the well, question. The report that... we have heard that says that he's not interested in him. And that's one thing. And the question is why. I don't think there is a question, Anthony, of why. I think it's clear. I think it is Harbaugh is too big for David Tepper. I think that he has too much credibility to where he can he can take those brass balls off of his fucking desk and say, these are mine, bitch. Yeah, but I was and so the revisionist part, and I'll give you the mic, Cody. The revisionist part is the too much of a trade-up. I'm sorry. Like, is that that's the revisionist part. The only reason we say that is because Bryce didn't just fucking come out screaming. Right, right. But I I will stick on this is like I thought that it was not an overpay to go from nine to one. And I I will stick to that. I think the only reason we continue to go back to that, look at what the Browns paid for Deshaun. You know what I'm saying? Like, no. It it sucks that we had to give up that. And it sucks when you look at it like this. But we made a move 
to get a quarterback. So I put this in the show, not knowing that we would even go here. The Bears, they were flexing on their timeline. They put an absolute haul. Uh, They put the Bears traded number one overall pick uh, and number 2023 nine overall pick. uh, And the Bears received DJ Moore, uh, Darnell Wright, Tyreek Stevenson, 2024, uh, number one overall pick, 2024 fourth round pick, 2025 second round pick. Uh, I mean, they were flexing, Tony, and I think that we have to update. Yeah, maybe at the time we said that it wasn't too much, and it might be a little bit of revisionist history. It's not a little bit. It is. But, but uh, no, but I'm saying now we have the updated facts on what DJ Moore was able to do away from Carolina, had a banner deer. Now we see that Christian McCaffrey is actually capable of not being injured and playing. I don't count that Christian McCaffrey look, is part of that you, trade, though. You have to. No, you don't. Why? Yes, you do. No. It is. No, you don't. It was not. That was not a part of that trade in the slide. Yeah. Listen, the trade for Christian that, McCaffrey, yeah, has nothing the trade to do for with Christian it. McCaffrey was part of the number of picks that went to Chicago. You could have done that without that. Them. You would have had a second and a third. No, 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 no. If you don't include him, you're not including every detail of the trade. One of the Bullshit. picks that we got for Christian McCaffrey went to Chicago. What so it's not a part of it. It is a who part cares? of it. Which pick was it? It is. It is. It's not DJ Moore, the first overall pick, and Christian McCaffrey. That's why it's not revisionist. That's a fuckload to get rid of. That's a lot. And we gave them oh, our we gave them our stop second, him on this round round No, but to answer CK, we gave him our uh the second second round pick because we didn't give up our, our Ooh, early what they round do. Pick. But so so you could have given up. No, you could have still so, made no, that, that trade. Only, hold on, hold on. No, the you only, have. We did not trade any of our picks that we got for Christian McCaffrey. Yes, we did, CK. We traded the number nine and the number 61 overall pick in 2023, and that was it. No, we traded a second round pick, which was the one in... Uh, th- that, was, that, uh, was that the six, number 61 overall? Yes. Like, that's number 61 overall. Second round. It's a second round pick. We still would have that to Chicago. You could no. I, we're not going to get lost on this McCaffrey shit because that really is. Because I'm right. No, because I'm 100% right. No, you're not you right. Don't, yes, yes, I am. You don't move you up. Have, you could have made this trade for Christian McCaffrey. Without, you don't do it. No, you could have made this trade. They were not, giving up. They were not giving up. What, what was their earlier pick Crazy. In, in, in the second round? 40-something? We were not going to send them all of that and our early second-round pick. I would have and kept Christian McCaffrey. They felt they were going to get a receiver, which they did. Jonathan Mingo early in the second round. They were not expecting to get the wide that they want. No, you're the one doing the revisionist history. No, no, no. If you don't don't trade Christian McCaffrey, then we don't have that pick to send to Chicago. Cody, you hold on. This This is the revisionist history about this all. You were a proponent of that trade. You loved that trade. You thought that was amazing to do that trade, okay? Now we're not moment, even talking honey, about the same Hold on, thing. hold on, hold on. Let me finish my point, okay? This is the definition of revisionist history, saying that this was too expensive. You, nobody knew. This is exactly what revisionist history is. In the moment, was it a gamble? Absolutely. The only thing that makes this, a, uh, makes this something that is now overly expensive is because, number one, Bryce Young didn't do well. Sure. 
but also that first round pick turned into the number one overall pick. If that hadn't happened, yeah. then it wouldn't be the same thing. That is the but definition of revisionist but history. Did. No, it's but but is the definition it, of revisionist oh, if history. It, if it didn't end up being the number one overall pick, then it's not that bad. But it is the number one overall pick. It is Caleb Williams, who's probably going number one. It is but DJ Moore, who's balling out. That and, it is, train, and it is Christian McCaffrey. You're wrong it on was, this, buddy. It was Christian McCaffrey. If we do You're not wrong on McCaffrey might have been one, a, a, a very small McCaffrey. piece of this pie, but it was a very small piece of it. No. Uh, Disagree. The, 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 and look, I, 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 this is wait until the Bears flex this shit out. Look, we could have put history. Uh, CMC's coming off of three injury plague seasons, and we were you were uh, the entire time. We shouldn't have paid him. We need to trade him constantly. When who he, was he the got guy the that trade. wanted to keep him on this podcast, Gary CK? This motherfucker. You already paid him, and he was. Uh, look, here's the thing, Cody. You're not wrong. About, you're it's wrong not about, about, it's not about Christian player. McCaffrey having to be part of this trade. No, Is that was a pick used that was in relationship to that trade? But yes. But that's not the trade. Yeah. You had to do that to get this. At the end of the day, that's is you gambled and it didn't pay off in the immediacy. And then you get a team that can do this. You can put they can put up the thirteen hundred yards that DJ had. They can put up the picks that they got from the Panthers. They also got another one from another team. I think they traded with the command. So you was telling me that it wasn't a bad trade. That all that's not a lot. Not in that moment. Nobody thought um, it was. I don't think we overpaid right, for Bryce. About, oh, man. Y'all are on one. No, I don't think so. Dude, okay. The first no, look at what the Browns pick, had to do for... DJ uh, Moore and Christian McCaffrey. What are we talking about, dude? Cody, Cody, no, you Stop saying I am. I am. I am. Everything I, I am. is... But the, no, 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 no. We're not going to pretend like the organization didn't trade away Christian McCaffrey... With moving up for a quarterback in mind that and doing they didn't. so, that was a whole That's year earlier. That's literally the dude. fucking reason why they did it. That might have been a year earlier. You're lying, you know dude. You're wrong. We got, we got four picks dude, for Christian McCaffrey. We got four picks for Christian McCaffrey. Anyway, but I'm you're I'm gonna need some weed after hanging out with you. We got fucking wrong. We traded Christian McCaffrey, and then the very next offseason, in that offseason. We traded away DJ Moore. Both of those two provided the picks that we moved, that we used to move up for Bryce Young. So what are we talking about? The Panthers about had and no the idea when they traded the Christian McCaffrey that, they were going to be moving from we, nine to we one. We know bro. that the sixty-one was was yeah, the Christian McCaffrey trade. That wasn't the only pick we got for. You're acting like we traded him for Bryce Young. We did not. I'm saying you don't have. Bryce is on the real shit. He's on the Asawaga. You don't. If you don't trade Christian McCaffrey, you don't get Bryce Young. Plain and that's not true. It was a very late second round pick. The door closed. Story. Not true. That's the end of it. You do not get Bryce Young unless you trade Christian McCaffrey. This is revisionist history. You have no way of knowing that. This is an argument that you're making with no evidence. He just wants He's just talking. No, no, no. David Tepper literally said that they were going to move up to number two originally when they they had all their... Okay, they were going to move up for a quarterback. That's why they traded Christian McCaffrey. But whatever, I'm right. You can be wrong if you want. You're to. not right. Yes, you're I am. Not right at all, dude. You can believe you're right. You cannot trade. McCaffrey you're not in even order close to have to more right, dude. to go up for the quarterback. 
Everyone knows this. This is not even just me saying it might have been, but they didn't use but one pick, and it was a late second round pick. So if you believe, and you didn't trade CMC the year before, think we didn't. No one knew that the Panthers where they were going to pick, where they were going to go, and the pick from nine to one last year. You traded him last. This is why don't let Monty hear this shit. Monty's gonna be getting on you for a bazillion years over this shit. Let's go to the next. All I do is own him. What up, guys? This is Dee's, and I'm trying to get in my cat. Oh, you're too nice for this moment. What you guys have planned for the show tonight? I know it's gonna be a good one. There's a ton of of information to cover. I just want to touch on Wild Card Weekend and the things that it showed about these Carolina Panthers. Unfortunately, the Wild Card Weekend so far has, has shown the failure of this Carolina Panthers organization, and especially by Dave Tepper. Dave Tepper has planted the seeds of his own vanity, and that, that fruit has started to ripen and rot as we see Baker Mayfield throw for 337 passing yards and three touchdowns just last night. Baker's success and continued success in the playoffs will be continued continued failure for the David Tepper-led Carolina Panthers, unfortunately. The success that we see all season long from Christian McCaffrey and that poor trade that we made in haste last season to setting us up for failure this year and years beyond. The, the success of D.J. Moore with the Chicago Bears and our continued failure at the wide, rece- wide receiver position and the, and the failure of our offense overall even after trading the farm to get up to the number one overall pick. Our organization is a mess, and it's time for David Tepper to lay his vanity to the side and bring in a coach that can handle the football operations. Not a good friend like Dan Morgan. I love Dan Morgan. Find him another place. Don't make him GM now. Now is not time for him to take over. There's too much of a stench in that front office and this organization altogether. We need massive change. Don't bring in Brian Johnson and his failed offense as they got trampled last night by the Buccaneers. Maybe go for the guy from, from Cincinnati, who I forgot his name again. I hate that I'm in my cat call. I forgot his name again, but that's fine. Frank, maybe that guy's the way to go. Frank Callahan, I still I feel like Frank Smith is going to be the guy for the Carolina Panthers coming out of Miami. I know they didn't look good against Kansas City, but you could tell their running backs were having a hard time uh, handling that cold, and Tua was having a hard time handling that cold as well. It really affected that Miami team, but Frank Smith may be the best that we can do. We're not going to land a big fish like Harbaugh. We're not going to land Bill Belichick. We're yeah. not We're not going to bring in uh, Vrabel. All these personalities are too big for Dave Tepper's vanity, unfortunately. Hopefully that first-year head coach will be enough for us, and hopefully we can retain Averro as defensive coordinator because I, if we do bring in a, a defensive coach, then I don't know who the Panthers are going to find to be the offensive coordinator. Shout-out to C3. Shout out to all the awesome people in the chat, a part of the C3 community. Keep pounding, C3. These Great call. Brand the heat, man. Hey, I wanted to mention that because you brought up Tua in the cold. It looks like Tua didn't look good in the cold. He didn't. That's also my fear for Price. Oh, God. Okay, but we're not allowed to be honest here that the quarterback with the similar build and the similar arm talent probably doesn't look good in cold weather. To oh, be that's fair, so Peyton, base, Peyton right? Manning didn't that's look good so in cold unfair. weather either. I mean, it's, I'm, again, not to compare, I'm just saying, like, body type does has nothing to do with whether somebody performs well in cold weather or not. And also the worst fucking, condi- the fourth coldest game in the world. Like, everything goes against that Miami team in those settings. 
right? I mean, it truly does. A defense that was wrecked. And it really wasn't just the, their offense that was problematic. Their defense is was decimated by injury, right? Has- decimated by injury. And so, yes, is that yeah. when you have a team that is high-powered, offensively driven like that, they're kind of like, is like, yeah, you want to play on turf. You want to play in a dump. Yeah, they have an advantage on that. Yeah, everyone knows Tua that. But did, did not look, well look great. And we know that Tua's arm, look, and it doesn't have to be a cold weather game for me to see that at times. Right? Is look, is Tyree, and I do want to preface this with everybody. No one can overthrow Tyreek. Not even Cam in his prime. Like Tyreek always coming back for the ball. And I know that Tua don't have the great. He didn't play well, Cody. I don't know if, I mean, yes, the cold had a lot to do with it. The conditions had a lot to do with it. But we knew that's a big task for them to go in. Injured team on the road. I just don't know I'm if it's like, it's hey, I'm like, oh, I don't know no, if we can parallel that. I say this. There was a couple of uh, seasons ago when the Bills had to play the Patriots in the first round of the playoffs, and it was up in Buffalo. And you could just tell Matt Jones did not have the arm talent to be able to pierce that cold weather in the wind. Okay? I think that that's true for a lot of other quarterbacks. It worries me that Bryce is in that same category. I don't think that even if you do build a high-flying offense here in Carolina – that all of a sudden, if we had to go to Green Bay, that we would be able to replicate that same type of offense. I'm just saying that it's something that worries me. We haven't yet seen Bryce in a real inclement weather game. This I don't care. We haven't rain. seen him win either. I'm not worried about so inclement weather down I'm the road. not relevant, Tony. That our little-ass quarterback might have a problem throwing the ball in the <laughs> fucking lane. How is that not relevant? I'm saying that's true for Tua. And I'm worried that that's true you for think Bryce. it was the win that was a problem? Uh, did, did Tua look good throwing the ball at all? In for that me, and maybe the, the win was going the right way is like the worst passes that look for Tua were the screen ones. Like I mean, it wasn't the, like to me, it was like he threw to the side and it was just like at their feet or something. You know what I mean? It was never. It was always those passes that the Panthers can't get shit out of. That other teams get first downs out of. Yeah, but there wasn't he a lot was of downfield off the mark still, on those. And I understand. Look, Tua, I wanted Tua for the Panthers then. I wanted Justin Fields. And I still stick by that, by the way. I think the Panthers would be better today if they had drafted Tua, or more importantly to me, the one I wanted even more. Later on was Justin Fields. I still no, am not out. for Justin Herbert. So sure, sure, but he wasn't there. Justin Fields was there. He right. was there. We could have picked him. We picked J.C. Horn, and he would have had D.J. Moore and Christian McCaffrey to be able to play yeah, along. But this yeah. is my point: is that look, uh, obviously, too, it has limitations. I'm not trying to get over on that. Is I'm just saying those are that was. Those are tough conditions for even the best quarterback to play in. Right. Fine. But it I'm was saying, so cold, this, bro. This, I was cold okay. watching that it game so in cold. my living room. Wait, he also goes Did up you to see Buffalo. Andy Reid's no, fucking mustache? Yeah, no, okay, everyone knows it was cold. He goes up to Buffalo every year. Like, has he had a great game playing up in Buffalo? 
in the in the cold weather? I'm not sure. And I said this a couple of years ago. If we're having to go up to Lambeau in December or or, uh, January, February, let's just get home games. Going sideways, like you want your quarterback to be able to play in those types of weather situations. Win the division. Baker didn't have to worry about that. He won the division. Um, Good question. Do you think that the NFL should allow? I think they should not allow Buffalo to build an open air stadium. <clears throat> you think just wow. uh, it's just not a it's it's impossible to be able to replicate that as a. I just don't think they should be <clears throat> like. As I'm sorry, we looked at what happened. They had to close the whole fucking city down. I want the NFL wants scoring. They want all of this shit. Why do we want to play? Um, in the, a place like that. That's what you did in the 70s, bitch, when sure. the world was like that. But by that now same... we fucking have big screen TVs that are... Did you? I mean, have you seen the Clippers stadium they're building? Or not the stadium, the Coliseum, whatever they're building for the... The fucking big screen is... Like, you're not even going to watch the fucking basketball game. You're just going to watch it on that TV right in front of your face. Right. Why? I, I understand... Fuck that. I don't think you should, you're building a new stadium. You should not. And you're in Buffalo. You should not be allowed. But the, listen, I was watching. I was watching the dude on Pat McAfee like a day or two ago talking about the Buffalo fans. They don't mind the cold. They just don't want to be wet. That's why they want the awning like how they have at Miami, where it's like if it's raining. Yeah. OK, you're going to stay dry. But let me let's be real. If you're playing up in Buffalo, the wind and the elements is such a real big part of why that's such a hard place to play because it snows sideways because the wind is ferocious. You know, that's a part of it. So why would they want to just instantly get rid of that? You know, it's it's similar to the, because I don't want to fucking watch that shit. It's similar to the Seahawks though, right? They built the stadium so as to make sure that it would be louder, um, you know, just from a decibel level because of the design of the building. Um, That's cool. Well, it's the same thing. You're giving a, an unfair advantage to somebody because of the way that they built their stadium. It's not an unfair advantage. What I'm saying is this. First of all, none of those players truly have an unfair advantage. It's like unless you're just a player who has played in Buffalo for like eight years straight. If you're a free agent, you're not accustomed to playing in that shit. But you get there. Like, I mean, yeah, come on. It is ridiculous. It's ridiculous to get, we watch all of this fucking high powered football all season long. The whole game is designed to make quarterbacks and scoring go crazy. And then we get to the time where the best football is fucking happening. And then we got to watch these motherfuckers do Panther Ron Rivera football. So do you really want to do away with snow games and playoff football? Yes. Just a thing of the past. Which by the way, that that game in Buffalo, it was. It was actually pretty high. You know, there's a lot of throwing the ball. Uh, I think uh, there was three touchdowns that were uh, big touchdowns for uh, Josh Allen. So I, I, you know, even with that that mindset, this you know, with it being as cold as it was and the snowstorm and all that stuff, they still had a pretty high flying offense. I want to know when I watched that fucking Kansas City game and this one dumbass motherfucker. Had no shirt on, and it's negative twenty-seven. 
It's a dedication, Tony. No, I want to talk to real fans. No, I want to talk. That is being drunk and dumb. (laughs) And I have been drunk and dumb plenty of times in my life. Yeah, that does not make you smart. It does not make you. I want to know the next day. And no, if somebody they, said uh, get rid of home field advantage, no, you're at home. You got your fans. I'm just saying this is that the game should not be so inclement in this century Tony, to I where you so don't hard, play honestly. it anymore. Dude, that's what separates us from a pussy sport like baseball, where just a little bit of rain happens and they got to go inside. No, this is football, dude. We play in the snow. We play in the rain. We play fucking during the monsoon. We don't give a shit, dude. I like it, man. That's classic NFL football. That's Americana, bro. You gotta have that shit. That's what separates football from every other game, dude. You have to have the bad weather. It makes it more fun. It makes yeah, it so much then more let's fun. Let's have the Super Bowl there, then. I mean, How no, about that? Why don't they do that, then? Why not? Because not it's opposed, not, not fucking to it. fun, dude. I'm not opposed to it. I'm not. I'm not even opposed okay. to it. All right, let's go to the next call. We got a lot of calls. We're not even. What have we been doing tonight? Just arguing. What's going on C3 family. Oh, Sanford, North Carolina. Demon. Shout out to the great Tony Dunn, to Thank the you. homie Cody Lack, the cold Dizzle CK. Shout out to Greg missing in action. Yo, shut the hell up, Panther Pickle, that effing guy, Muscle Marinera, Kristen Ledane. Yo, everybody needs a G, baby. Yo, I'm, I'm at work. I was, I'm excited thoroughly. Wanted to hear everybody takes. Hearing about the coaching searches are going to start to thin out a little bit now that the playoffs and teams are, are being eliminated. I think the person that wasn't done no favors, even though he wasn't even on my radar, was um, Johnson from the Eagles. I was hearing quite a bit about we was interviewing him. I really thought that maybe that was a Rooney Rule type of situation that they was doing. I didn't really think they were really taking them too serious. Uh, mainly just for the fact that really after about week 11, you saw the difference of the Eagles not having Shane Steichen. Okay. So that started to make me think also about like how, you know, as the dominoes start to fall, which would be as one coach gets hired. Now that's going to add the desperation for other teams to start ramping up their search and so forth. And it, it, it led me to think about like, the things that we got to have in play. You know, we talk about the holes that we have within the the players, position groups. But let's be quite honest. Right now in this scenario, we're in a scenario where we're trying to find the best GM and coach, and we're trying to do it at an expedited rate, in my opinion, because of the yeah. fact that even though to some degrees this is a heavy coaching pool, as soon as these dominoes drop, these candidates are going to be flying. So I'm, I'm interested to see how we're going to make the moves. Um, yes, I'm still a Ben Johnson guy, but as things start to, to thin out, you know, I'll become more realistic in my thoughts. But since we're at a broader scope, I'm still saying Ben. Um, like I said, I love the show. Dopest podcast, longest Panther podcast on the internet. C3 family, I love every single one of y'all. Um, another thing to bring to mind also is CJ Stroud is playing phenomenal, 
and we we did drop the ball there. But if he beats Lamar, oh, that is just so evident. I mean, oh my God, no! Yeah, what, what, imagine, what, what are people going to say then? Very objective, but at the end of the day, if what we're going to say Baltimore, is don't hire Todd Bunkin. Doing what Baltimore defense does, we really did drop the ball. But hey, love y'all. Um, hey, appreciate you, D. Hey, we're gonna continue to have this conversation if the Texans beat the Ravens, oh, man. Gosh. Oh, it's I mean it's it's inevitable. I mean, if you're not having it, somebody else is having it, so it's not yeah. gonna happen though. Yeah, okay, I, I, I don't know. Okay, Any given then. Sunday, dude. All right, who's picking it then? I'm I'm, I'm not picking I'm not, it. I mean, the Ravens are my Super Bowl team. They're making it for me. But I wanted to go back to something they was bringing up with Ben Johnson and the, you know. I don't think Ben Johnson was a is a Rooney rule because you already interviewed Evero, I believe. Didn't we inter- Yeah, we interviewed him. We gotta get I- the names right. It's Brian Johnson. I was oh, like, wait, ben, yeah. I was like, yeah, ben jo- yeah, how does Ben Johnson yeah, comply with the Rooney rule? Like, is what? Ben Johnson the <laughs> yeah, Detroit okay. Bra- guy? Yeah, Ben Johnson is. I, I'm, I'm, I am. I'm on brand for confusing names. Um. What this thought, what I thought about this though, is we've all been, or at least for me, I want the reason I want the offensive coach, the guy like a Mike McDaniel, the guy like an Andy Reid, is because you can weather the storm of coordinators who are going to get poached when you do well, right? I mean, like you do well, they go on. We really dropped the ball, man. Maybe Shane Steichen was the guy we should have hired last year. I mean, he did a pretty good job there uh, with the Colts, especially good. after fucking phenomenal job after losing. Uh, pretty good job, phenomenal jobs. Yeah. Okay, no, no. I mean, listen, I, I am not here to uh, say that anything other than positive things about what what that was. I mean, you have Anthony Richardson go down within the first few games of the season. Um, you bring in your backup and Gardner Minshew and somehow turn a team that had to fire its coach midseason in Frank Reich uh, into a into a team that was actually competing for the division uh, against the Texans, um, beat the Texans uh, at, earlier in the year, uh, not just beat them, like beat them bad. Uh, so, I mean, yeah, I think that uh, he deserves some recognition. Um And look at how far they fell off in Philly with that. Like, I mean, yeah. he... Um, I'll be interested to see how he did pans we, out as a coach. He really seems like a under the radar name just because they didn't right, make, they right. almost made the playoffs, but we would be talking about him with the, not the slowick, obviously, because he's not a coordinator, but he would be the toast of the town if they had just made the playoffs. Yeah. Right. I mean, they really are. Um, so that's interesting though, is how a guy like that, could you know what I mean? Is did the Panthers even interview him last year? Um, that's, that's what I was wondering here. about. We'll go to the next ask. call. Chat will figure it out. Let's go to the next call. We got t- three calls left, and yo, what's up, um, yeah, man, Barkley. really good games this weekend from Stroud to Love, uh, the Rams and versus Detroit. That was a fucking really good game. Both of those quarterbacks are legit. And then um the last thing that fell Tampa. Oh, Baker. Baker is baking last night. He was doing really good. He did really good. And uh, man, now we got some classes right now coming up. 
division weekend, we got Stroud versus Lamar. We mm. got Josh Allen versus Mahomes, Mahomes again. Yep. In love versus 49ers. Oh, man. Then we got uh, Who's playing the 49ers? Tampa. From the winners. Good quarterback play. From the winners. Main thing. Great quarterback play, actually, man. You guys are really showing me how it's done, bro. It's really good. Really good to watch. I really enjoy it. All right, guys. Have a good night. Thanks, Al. We're going. Appreciate you, Al. What's up, team three? This is a quick part two to add on to what I was saying about my last. I never said what I wanted to say to Anthony. Just interviewed Jim Harbaugh. What is David Tepper doing, bro? Why won't he even interview Bill Belichick or Jim Harbaugh? Why is he so set on getting a guy in here that he can just control anyways? That's exactly why. I'm really starting to think he does not care about winning because if he did, there is so many candidates out there that he could at least try to convince to come here. He's not even attempting. Absolutely embarrassing, man. Embarrassing. Your call. Cody, you said you wanted to talk to Anthony. He is your man. Well, they're just talking about Harbaugh, and I agree. I think it's so stupid that we're not trying to interview Harbaugh. But I'm no, tired he, of people asking why are we not. It's pretty fucking clear. He answered his own question in the call. Yeah. Um. No, I wanted to talk about Dan Morgan because Anthony's like, oh, I told you guys about Fitter. Look, okay, Brandon Bean was once upon a time a part of this Panthers organization, literally when David Gettleman was here. And a lot of people had a lot of problems with the moves that Dave Gettleman made at the end of his tenure, right? Granted, do you know how many people would have loved to have had Brandon Bean as our next general manager to be able to step up behind David Gettleman? A lot of people. What a lot of people are doing now to Dan Morgan is they're blaming Dan Morgan for every decision that was made here in Carolina, even though they have no idea where his where his uh, ranking was on the totem pole of decision makers. Do you know it wasn't higher than Matt Rule or David Tepper or Scott Federer? And yet everyone's saying, well, uh, DJ Johnson didn't work out. Jonathan Mingo didn't work out. This and this player didn't work out. Therefore, Dan Morgan must be a bad GM. Like, no, that's not how this shit works, man. He's a well-respected guy. He has history to the Carolina Panthers organization. Uh, You could do so much worse as a GM than Dan Morgan. He's cut his teeth. He's been in a lot of different successful organizations. I'm not even saying that he's my first pick. But to everybody pretending like basically hiring Dan Morgan is the same thing as rehiring Scott Fitterer, that's just dumb to me. Like it's like the lowest level of fan talk, right? Oh, he was a part of the same group, so therefore he equals all these other assholes. No, that's not how it works, man. It's not how it works. Well, the uh, the argument that I have is I, I've said this earlier in the season when it came to uh, who to replace him, and you know the the Dan Morgan is a is a is a good story, right? So is Frank Reich. So was. Uh, you know, pretty much every other situation, bringing Cam Newton back there in the middle of that season with uh, Matt Rule. All these were good stories. I'm tired of stories. I want to get winning football. 
And I, know, I don't want to pick with the Ben Johnson from fucking pick, South Carolina. I don't give a fuck. Do Staley wanna, from yeah. South Carolina. I'm tired of it. I don't want to pick somebody because of a potential of you know what they could do over top of the, the you know, just because of the story. And right? then we turn I, I on them too. Saying, Cody, Imagine but, if we hired Greg Goldson all of a sudden for right, something, and then we're like, you know what? And now I hate Greg Goldson after a I mean, year. That, that's, it's similar to the don't meet your the hero situation. Yep, right? yep. So, I mean, whereas I agree with Cody, like if he were to be hired, I'm not going to sit there and like shit on every movie makes uh, just because he's the GM, but I don't want, I, that's not the guy that I want. I don't even put him in the top 10 of people that should be here as the GM. Would I be fine with him sticking around in some capacity as a, uh, you know, assistant GM or what have you fine. That's I'm perfectly all right with that. But I just, He's he's not had is in his first role as an assistant GM. I don't know what difference he made in that front office, which is might be limited. But if that's the case, then it you might don't, not be his fault, like Cody is saying. It might not be, but by that same you know admission, we have the same mindset when it comes to other players or other you know when we talk about Scott Fitter, we gave him that same benefit of the doubt, and look what that got us right. Just because it might not be his fault doesn't mean we should you know, go that way again. I know Cody's not advocating for him to be the guy, but I just don't think that you can present enough evidence to show that he's the guy. And if you try to say, well, you know, if he does, if he has no real say in, in what's being done, then that's an argument against every other GM candidate that you could possibly pick from all the other higher tiers, uh, locations. Now I would typically agree with your point, Cody. Right. Is that uh, one is, is he being the baby thrown out with the bathwater is to, you know, like, are we putting too much of this on him when he's not really in the capacity to do those things? But here is the, the red flag, not red flag is this is I wanted Dan Morgan to be our GM three years ago. Right. And a lot of that was because the experience he gained in Seattle, the experience he gained in Buffalo, and the heartstrings that he pulls on for the Carolina Panthers, right? The story. I think the one thing that is making me cautious about this is they put Dan Morgan in front of the mic a lot over the past year. Like, it's not, I don't know if we can completely free him from or absolve him. Right from guilt when they made him such a central, I don't remember seeing Brandon Bean talking to the media. I don't think I ever really knew he existed until he was getting hired. Right. And it's almost just like a fitter or this, or these other guys is like, we get to associate them with success because they were just in the building. Like we don't know how much that fitter was involved. We have no idea how much this fucking Hallaby guy, you know what I'm saying? They're just in the building in successful moments. Right. But Dan Morgan, if he would have not been in front of the mic, I could have more easily bought into the idea that he wasn't at fault as much, but the Panthers put him front and center in a lot of shit. And maybe they did that to get Panther fans on board. Maybe I don't know why they did it. But to me, that's the only thing that comes out is like if if we wouldn't have seen Dan Morgan one time this year, I would have been more open to your discussion. And I don't know if that's true. I don't know if it's good evidence or not. I'm just saying this is that he is more he was there. 
It's kind of like Ray Lewis at that club when the person got stabbed. Who knows if he lied about it? It was just, we know he was there. He's on film. Uh, let's go to the last call and then we can wrap all that up and more. It's showtime. It's Lou from Fort Myers. What's up, y'all? What's up, Lou? Hey, I'm going to just put in this one quick call before I go to sleep. Love the show. Love everybody in it. But um, first, I want to get this head coach thing out. So y'all remember how it was talks that David Tepper is going through sportsology and shit, right? And sportsology did the 49ers, I believe the Eagles or whatever. Aren't those the same teams that hired their head coach first and let the head coach pick the GM? So that's why, one, I believe maybe that's the route Tepper. Maybe Tepper is listening to the sportsology frat boy group or whatever. Because honestly, if he is, good. Two, I will say this with my head coach takes. I do not want a coordinator. No. No, I want somebody who is already a head coach. And if it's going to be a coordinator, I need a coordinator that played on both sides of the ball, and that's Bobby. But if I had to take my from one, two, three, number one, I want Harbaugh. I'll I'll go on Mint Street. I'm not even from fucking Carolina. I'll, I'll start to protest. Fuck it. If everybody go to jail, y'all can point the finger at me. I'll take it. Go ahead. So, say Lou from Fort Myers started all this shit. We could start the protest. I want fucking hardball. If not, my second pick is really Mike Rabel. Rabel, because listen, if the Falcons get Bill Belichick, I want the only person that's ever beat Bill Belichick and out Bill Belichick. You know what I'm saying? And that's that's the dude from Tennessee. And then if not, then Bobby. We're not getting Ben Johnson. We're not. Mm. If we do, it's going to be crazy because I feel like we're just going to expose him, right? I feel like some of these players, like some of these coaches are only good because the set piece is put around them. It really be the GMs. You got to be looking at the GMs way more than you're looking at the coach. And the reason why most of these coaches are good is because they pick their GM. They are on the same page, same page. Two, one person I would like to hang out with the most. Um, let's start off with the person I least likely to hang out with. It would probably be Jalen Hurts. That nigga is too damn <laughs> He is too handsome. You're not pulling no hoes. <laughs> he is good looking, no ain't he? I'm not, I'm not being around Jalen Hurts. Did bro. you see him, though, on the um, not listening likely, to Dallas Goder and not even being upset? I'll come back to it. And then – um. Yeah, like, what what did we? I, I'm looking at the this print that Cody put up there. It said we trade. We got the first and the ninth. What the fuck did we do with the ninth? Why am I just figuring this shit out? No, we gave the ninth. We gave the ninth. He's talking about the it, that that was talking about the Eagles got the ninth. They traded yeah, our but, pick to the Eagles. Yeah, yeah. which ended up being Jalen Crazy. I do think what is wild now is that our talks about the Eagles trading the number one for the ninth. Like this year. Hmm. Like again, you know what I'm saying? Like is they could have there's been three um, picks in the they could have like whatever. Anyway, fuck them. I when you saw Jalen Hurts and his beautiful self 
sitting there. Did you guys see the clip of Godert? I didn't see it. I heard about it. I just thought Jalen Hurts looked like he was numb looking. Like he was always is, dude. He looked he looked kind of checked out. Yeah. It was like he was it really did. He was like, I don't care what you're saying. That dude might be a psychopath. Or he's <laughs> fucking rich as fuck right now. And you guys well, say that we overpay for Bryce Young. I will promise you this is the worst trade in the history of the NFL is the Browns trading for Deshaun Watson, yeah. getting beat by CJ Stroud and Joe Flacco, who people in the, the world have turned on all of a sudden. And they're like, oh, Joe Flacco lost this game. Fuck that. Joe Flacco put you in that shit. Yeah, you're not there if it's not for Flacco. Fucking, uh, I'm so glad. You know, your worst take ever is Deshaun Watson is great. Dude, his career is not over. It's over, bro. He sucks, bro. He fucking is terrible. Dude, he won almost every game that he played in this year. Yeah, but not because of him. I know. I'm just saying he was he won. It's okay. not over with him yet. <laughs> Baker, hey, I'm than, just saying. Baker, hey, I'm just saying. Right now, both of those trades look crazy. The one that he made and the one that they made, but we'll see. It takes more time, hey, man. I fucking hate that dude. I don't know why. I just really dislike him as a person. Sean <laughs> Yeah, I don't know what it has done to me. I think it's because, like, he won financially all of that, and he shouldn't have. Right? He won, like he won financially. He won what he, he got, what he won. He got all of this, and he shouldn't have. All right. Um, look, we have. Are there any other topics? Yeah, yeah let's we got get one more. This and, what we got. Uh, no, we're just going to make our predictions for the divisional round and then we can get out of here. Ooh, um, who last week I think I picked the Texans. I've wanted do you guys really think that Jordan Love is good as every I think everybody's yeah. slobbing he, Jordan Love's knob no, a think, little I bit think, too much. I think, I think that he represents everything that you would want in a quarterback. Arm talent Check. He's reading defenses very well. Check. Getting the ball out on time. Making all off-platform throws. Check. Check. Like, d- Green Bay he just looks cool throwing off the back foot. Right, but he also has the talent to be able to do those things. And then before I pass the mic to CK, when it comes to Green Bay, they took all the flack in the world for drafting a quarterback when they could have drafted another wide receiver for Aaron Rodgers, who would then go on to win another MVP, the Green Bay Packers took all the flack in the world for that, for them to be able to have Jordan Love playing football in the position like he is now. They deserve all the credit in the world for how they choose to go about drafting their quarterbacks and not throwing their young players to the wolves and actually developing them. Because no one does it better than them. Yeah. No one. No, I, I think there's a, a couple of pieces. And honestly, if I'm a Pittsburgh Steelers fan, I am livid. I know people are going to look back on Ben Roethlisberger's time and think, oh, we're so ha- lucky that we had him. I distinctly remember a time when he told 
reporters that he's not helping mentor other quarterbacks to take his job. And that that is like if you watch Jordan Love, tell me you do not get flashes of Aaron Rodgers. Like his footwork, his the way he does, it's almost like uncanny how close it looks to Aaron Rodgers. And so if you're somebody who believes that, that tells me number one, Aaron Rodgers was helping this guy. He was mentoring them in the best possible ways. And he's he's been able to take that and run with it. Whereas Ben Roethlisberger has left them basically with nothing because he wasn't willing to actually help anybody. Um, so I if think I, it was Tannehill that said that when they drafted Malik Willis, no, I don't sure know. Ben Roethlisberger did when they did. They drafted a quarterback up there as well. A hundred percent. It was Ben Roethlisberger too. I don't know if I would put Aaron Rodgers in the mentoring category when he was in Green Bay, but the question is ultimately is does the sit and wait model work? Does it this or that? First of all, is Jordan Love didn't look great for the first six games. He looked great in the first game. Whatever. Why does dude? He's turned it on when it matters the most. No, I'm happy for it. I just think it's too easy for us to say because this team did it this way. Then we should like, it's like the old, it's like, Oh, well they sat Patrick Mahomes for a year and he was fucking fantastic. That's what you need to do. And then, you get see, then you could look at Houston and say, "Well, CJ Stroud started his first year and he's fucking incredible." Um, I just think with this, with first, I don't trust Green Bay's defense at all. I think this story was less about Jordan Love being fucking awesome, which he was, and but more about how fucking choke artists the Dallas Cowboys were in this moment. I think what's cool about Jordan Love. And what these newer quarterbacks do is they look cool throwing the ball. They yeah. throw off platform. Look, Matt Stafford might be the coolest looking quarterback in the history of the world with them. No look passes. He'd be doing all the time. He better than anybody at that shit. What I'm saying is Jordan love all of his dots and dimes. He was like falling backwards on the back foot. They're not mechanically what you would hope for. I don't think he has bad mechanics. I don't think he has bad mechanics. What I'm saying is this, is that what you preach and love about those off-platform where we celebrated guys like Zach Wilson coming out of the draft, whatever, is that they can make those throws in those situations. You're going to have to at some point. Like, it's not always going to be perfect. And he throws off that back foot, and he's looking good. Pressure in his face. Yeah, so again, but make, make, he's getting making, hot right now. But I ain't picking them to be the fucking 49ers, bro. Well, you said agree. And okay, I'm so also not it. saying that we should sit Bryce for three years. I'm sorry, like you have a luxury can. you can do that with, and it has worked out. And thankfully for them, right? But it's a saying? luxury. But, it's, but Tony, but Tony, it's a luxury that they made, and all they did was take heat for that. Like if you have a franchise quarterback, you're supposed to build around him, right? Well, they, well, said, they took no, heat because they weren't winning for the last two years, and they had the MVP. But, but yeah, but then he would go on to win the MVP after they drafted him. My my only point is, is people want to say, "Oh, Green Bay's so lucky that they've had three starting quarterbacks, only three. Well, it's because they do it a very different way than everyone else does. Now you're right; we don't have the luxury of sitting Bryce. But I think they should be commended for how they do that. Because I don't know how many other teams would have the balls 
to do it the way they did. I think some teams have tried to do that and it backfired in their face. But good for Jordan Love feeling it right now. I don't trust Green Bay's defense. So if we want to start on the NFC side here, I'm picking San Francisco and I'm picking Detroit. They're the better teams. Um, And who has the bigger, my question to you guys as I pass the mic to you as you make your picks is who has the better opportunity to upset the favorites, the Bucks or the Packers? The Bucks or the Packers, or you mean the uh, the uh, well, the Bucks are dogs and the Packers are dogs. Oh, oh, um, right. Like, is that you make your pick, and then, and I would say this is I think the better chance to upset, sadly and crazily, might be the Buccaneers. Oh, I disagree. I disagree. I think the Lions don't have a defense, bro. They can't defend downfield Mike Evans. Yeah, but the Packers have a really good quarterback. And if you have a really good quarterback, you have a chance. And I would take Jordan Love over. Did this guy not hear about what Baker Mayfield is? I don't give a damn. I would take I would take Jordan Love over Baker Mayfield. Well, that's fine. But here's the thing: is they have uh, the 49ers have a great offense and a great defense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and the unfortunately the Detroit Lions have a great offense, but an okay defense a at best. Barely okay defense. Okay, it's barely okay. It's not good. It was the worst in the league last year. And it is incrementally better this year. Right. The Rams had their way with them. The only person that gets any pressure is Aiden Hutchinson, who is fucking phenomenal. I'll give you that. And by the way, I don't know. Like, don't get it twisted. I don't say this because I want the Bucks to win. Great. Right. Same. Right. You Same. Know, so, so that should tell you it's not a biased opinion. I think it's just looking at the, the broad spectrum of things um, and the Packers, whereas they have been good the past half of the year. Um, I don't, I would be interested to see how they look going. Let's look at it from this perspective. What happened when the Packers faced Baker Mayfield and this Bucks team just a couple of weeks ago? Or the Panthers, they gave up 30 points against the Panthers. I would say this (laughs) is look at both teams, the Lions and the, uh, who's got the bigger liability on defense, the Lions or the 49ers. And it's definitely the Lions. And number two is we also see what happens when golf gets under duress. Right. Right. Is like, that's the thing is, I don't know, is I don't think the Green Bay's defense sucks. All right. I'm picking, look, I'm picking a lot. I'm picking the favorites this week. Lions and San Francisco for me. But I think the Bucks have a better shot at the upset. Y'all make your two picks, and then we go to the AFC. Uh, I, I, uh, okay, go ahead. Uh, um, I'm, I hate to go with the favorites, but I've got to. It's going to be the Detroit Lions uh, and the 49ers going. The, to the upsets AFC. are over, bro. Yeah. I've got the Detroit Lions and the Green Bay Packers, baby. Oh Let's go. I think, okay. uh, I think the 49ers are going to choke it. And I think the NFC Championship game is the battle of the NFC North. Crazy, crazy. All right, uh, to the AFC. My picks go, look, Baltimore, they've been my Super Bowl pick since like week four. Yeah. Um, They're a complete team. And I, I think this is game 
look, the game of the week, both of them are on the AFC. Yeah. These are going to be incredible. We are going to be tuned in. We are going to be looking for the storyline that comes with the Texans and the excitement and the young. And I think they're going to, I think it's going to be a good game. Like, I don't think the Texans are going to go in there and shit the bed, but Lamar Jackson right now is MVP of the league. Like he really is the best he's been. If he won the MVP before he's playing his best football. Yeah. Their team is complete. I'm going Baltimore and I'm going bills. I think the Bills are a better team overall. If this game is Indian in Kansas Bills. City, if this game is in Kansas City, I don't know if I how I would pick it, but um I do want man, Kansas City though. Good defense and Patrick Mahomes. Don't fuck with them. This is going to be a great game too. Yeah. That's I got probably the, Bills the one. The uh, all the AFC matches are the best. I'm just like picking they're... all of the favorites. I hate to do uh, it because I do like the idea of stories, but I re- I agree with you. So, what you're picking favorites? You're just picking. Uh... Yeah, well, I, I picked my upsets last week. I picked the Texans. I secretly believed that both the Green Bay Packers and the Bucks could do it, um, and that happened. But I believe okay. in these two I'm I'm picking uh, Baltimore Ravens as much as I think CJ Stroud can be good. I just think when you have that the defense that I believe the Ravens have, I just don't know that the the Texans are going to have the firepower to keep up with uh, what the Ravens are going to be able to do. Um, and uh, of course, the Bills uh, they're getting back. They did what they did last week um, with the against the Steelers, who aren't a powerhouse, but they didn't have the a lot of their key pieces on defense. Um, this week they will. Uh, so I think that that's gonna put a damper in the uh, Kansas City uh, hopes of moving forward to the championship for the fourth consecutive year. All right, so. I am picking the Buffalo Bills. I think they're going to get it done. I think right now that Buffalo Bills team might be the scariest to play. Like Josh Allen's playing great football. He has the most touchdowns this year. I believe the most passing yards too, or is one of them. Uh, so yeah, I'm picking Buffalo. Should he been able that 52 yard run? He Kenny picketed them. He fake slid. Yeah, I mean, you gotta you gotta take it. They gotta take that out of the game, bro. I don't know how you can. They took it out of the college game. His fifty, his fifty-one yard, fifty-two yard touchdown. uh, He did like a little stutter, like he was about to slide, and and everybody pulled up. Kenny Pickett did that in college, and they after that game they made a new rule. I think they're gonna. Who gives a fuck? Good for him. It was it was awesome. Josh Allen is a big badass, throwing his body around. Shit, give me some of that. I like that. Uh, and then you know what? I don't care that y'all ain't gonna like this pick. I don't have any trust that Lamar's gonna win this. Crazy as fun. I don't. Wild thought, I don't. Dude. No, because it, okay. Well, what other success is won one playoff game? He's won one. Look, somebody put in the chat. Shanahan always chokes, uh, and, and until Lamar makes it over that hump, he's been choking too. Uh, I think CJ Stroud is the hottest quarterback in football right now. And I think he's going to go in there and he's going to get it done. And he's going to take the Texans to their first AFC championship game ever. 
Holla God, at your way boy. to stand Panther Twitter into fucking good, and they fucking deserve it too. All right, and I'm gonna, be, I'm gonna be stirring the pot as hard as I can, too, boy. You know that shit. Let's go. You're listening to the longest running Panthers podcast that includes whatever the Panthers team themselves do. We have been doing it more consistently than even the fucking team's podcast. Think about that. It's the C3 Panthers podcast. We're here every Tuesday night at 9 p.m. into the week. We're in our 11th. We did 10 full year. We're in a year Mm. 11 um, every week. Haven't missed a week. Had moved the show around a couple of times when people were traveling from a Wednesday or something like that. We don't miss it. It's Tuesday night, 9 p.m. into the wee hours of Wednesday. I didn't even want to do the show tonight. And when I say I didn't want to do the show, I was like, oh, man, I got to talk about it. And then I argued with (laughs) Cody like crazy. That's why we're here at 12.05, and we still and you have... Lost, you lost both those arguments, too. Of course, too. Of course okay. in your mind. Um, oh, well. We got one last segment, the longest-running segment on the longest-running Panthers podcast. Please smash the thumbs-up button. Thank you for your time. Look at all these people that are in the chat still sticking with us. Remember, you can support the show by, obviously, donating Super Chats, but... Uh, C3 Superfans, $1.99. We'll be bringing you a lot of content in the offseason. And there's some cool gear on carolinacatchronicles.com. We don't promote ourselves. I'm not a good self-promotion guy. Uh, go check out that shit. Um, longest running now really it is. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, look. Hey, go uh, check out. I love your time, man, more than anything. Uh, your time, your energy, your calls. Uh, let's ice some fools up, bro. Ice up, son. Ice up. It's our homage to Steve Smith. It's where we tell someone to ice up, toughen up, to get it together. Obviously, we don't have a lot of rules on this fucking podcast as it is. We don't have any time constraints as we go till fucking Thursday. Um, But this is the one segment we completely free ourselves where we can step outside the bounds of football and ice up whoever the fuck we want. Yes, sir. Let's Um, ice up, toughen up to get it together. I got three tonight. I'll let you uh, handle it. I got... I got two, but hey, there were three super chats that I did not read. Oh my god! Because I am off of my game. Daniel with the five dollars says, "Were you guys aware that the Bills GM worked in Carolina for eighteen years? He accepted the Bills job in two thousand seventeen. We fired Dave Gettleman two months later. That was literally my point when it came to Dan Morgan too. Uh, can't throw out the baby with the bathwater. Nervous with another five says, "You can't just forget how bad Baker was for us. He was really bad. It's pure hindsight to think that we should have kept him." Oh, I like that one. Uh, and I think this one was here to me. He said, uh, we didn't give away too much if Bryce was a transcendental, transcendental quarterback. That one factor alone would have ruled out any expanse arguments. Or expense arguments. Listen, we've had a very spirited debate today, man. We appreciate the super chats. Um, hey, a lot of good points to be made. Tony, you want to go first? You want me to go first? I got two of them. How, how well, you let's do ping pong. Let's ping pong. Um, 
I will go with my, I'm going to start with this one. This is a fun one. It's not my typical. Yep. And everyone's better. So showing some love from down under. Thank you, brother. This shit made me giggle. Um, hopefully you guys will be able to hear this. This lady farts. She starts laughing. I don't know why, but look oh, at I this. Saw this one. Yeah. We started. <laughs> oh, heart. Look, her and her daughter. You take care of those babies, mama. <laughs> I said, actually, that shit was lovely. All right, you go next because my next two are fucking insane. Mine is uh, listen, if you're probably, you know, if you ever find yourself on some sort of drug at a gas station arguing with your boyfriend. Uh, to give you back your keys or whatever, maybe you should make sure uh, that he doesn't leave your ass. <laughs> I'm already in. This is so good. I hate women just hitting like this. Let me on little like a dumbass. He got some man fucking higher. Panthers tied in. And then uh, she just takes off after him. Uh, hey, keep your eyes on the prizes all the time. You were too busy flexing, showing off your ten thousand dollar tits. Uh, maybe you should have got and some ten thousand dollar glasses. Every I, fake mm. titty got ten thousand. You know, come on. She said nobody got fake. Nobody titty. got everybody them. got them like that. Now you overpay for them. All right, this shit is awesome. I don't know <laughs> if this is. So what this says on Twitter is this person is rooting for abstinence on a college campus. I don't know how she is, but I just love this video. Right, here we go. This shit is so amazing. <laughs> okay. One margarita, she will spread her legs. Like <laughs> <laughs> the crowd in the background, man. If you buy her two margaritas, she will pounce right on your penis. <laughs>
Oh my god, I love the crowd, dude. They're like, they're fucking. I don't know oh if god. it's a joke, I don't know what it is, but a college campus, and you're like, two margaritas, and she will suck you. And they're like, no! that's awesome, bro. Dude, that sounds like a cool Ooh. liberal arts teacher. I know, uh, but the tweet said this she tried to promote abstinence on a college campus campus and then that was the video i was like hey try <laughs> to promote a good time in my life um so this right. next one is just funny uh this girl goes to a japanese restaurant and she asked them to sing her happy birthday in japanese well look what the waiter does <laughs> Oh God! He's like, yeah. She has no idea that the guy's just saying car companies. So, asshole. I know. I've thought that was awesome and she would have never known so uh to uh to the birthday girl all right so ck do you have one for us tonight no, just no, yeah let's i'm just here to enjoy the, all the right. time uh so my ice up pick my last and final one goes to cody lack for showing me a thousand ways to die oh no what am i about to watch no dude avert your eyes you know, i have no yes, idea what we're about this to see is the- oh my god <laughs> fucking death i've ever oh seen. god can we put this on youtube yes we can you sure i hope so i don't care <laughs> so you don't know you're just putting we're about to get oh, band because we're putting something this is the worst nah look at this shit. it is the worst shit i've ever seen oh yeah brace yourself the, the wheat says this is he just shish kebobbed himself oh i, I don't oh, think we watch no. it i don't know if i want to watch it either dude what is that real yes dude and here's the thing is look is watch the settling Dude, I found I I got in the comments. I think the comments got taken down, like the one that was. Um, the one thing was is somebody said he was trying to evade the police and jumped, which he that made me feel a little bit better. Is this real, dude? Oh, so Bro, sad. tell me this. Know, tell dude. me how you fake the settling, homie. And when I say the settling, what I mean by this is after the initial awfulness watch this he thinks right but my thing is like there's Bro, no in blood. the comments they showed the shit the fucking thing oh, all the God. way up into his neck dude why is there no blood <laughs> this is all in his brain Got pushed up. Oh my god! All right, it's the worst thing I've ever seen. 
Thanks oh, for sharing so much, it. Yeah, thanks. Ice up. Ice up, bro. Yeah, who are you icing up him for falling? No, he's icing you up for showing him that site. Yes. Oh, oh, I'm oh, icing oh, you okay, up man. for showing me a thousand ways to die Twitter handle, which, you know what? I will ice them up, too, because they repost a lot of their posts because they don't got enough. So, like... I'm like, hey, I want to watch 10,000 people die in the next eight minutes. And I'm scrolling. I got to watch the seven same videos. It does say a thousand ways to die. I agree. Well, I agree with this comment. <laughs> Look at that, bro. Dude, How do you say that, me, man? It, dude, something's just fishy. Right, we're about I don't die. know what I don't know what it is. It just doesn't. I don't know. Uh, uh, this comment says feels fake. The way the poll travels that far up without full displays it's something's not right man i don't know what it is uh something don't feel right about that one dude yeah, i don't know man you want to get up in the cup wait until you see the thing and uh so the real this is the other thing that's wild about the thousand ways to die twitter handle where it says like uh there'll be like somebody who shames you for watching it and they'll be like hey that person really died his name was this and that and you're like oh crap i feel terrible one of the comments i read in it which they i don't know if they took it down or what they did is they said the guy didn't die immediately and he went to the hospital and they showed a picture of that post permeating his body dude I it was just, awful I would you want to survive after that like, no, I just no. don't think I'd be no. interested. I'd I mean, like, yeah, I'm telling you, I don't know if I could survive this ISO pick. I feel like I'm going to no. get shamed <laughs> off the internet for this. Well, you're welcome because you wouldn't even know about it if it wasn't for me. And you like that type of shit. <laughs> I do. So, strangely. Weird. Yeah. I don't yeah, know. By the way, I've seen, I've seen way worse uh, than that. Way but, worse? I've seen far worse than no that. No way. Dude had far a post. than that. Go all the all right. My name's Tony Dunn. It's the C3 Panthers. <laughs> I almost said post game show <laughs> podcast. I don't even know where I'm at right now. I'm shook. How can you be worse than that? Uh, we're pretty bad. I'm pretty terrible. But guess what? I keep coming back on Tuesdays. You got to deal with me. You got to deal with me. And if you don't, why not smash the thumbs up button, subscribe, be a part of the show and uh, love my brothers here. I love you guys listening to chat. Love all the people listening on Spotify, wherever the hell you get to iTunes, tune in no longer Stitcher, but uh, Cody CK. I love y'all. Yes, get sir. Love you too, man. And right. uh, C3 nation. We'll be back. Uh, this Friday for another edition of the C3 Friday Free For All. Until next oh, time. Can you do a convince me to care next week? Yeah, especially. Too early? Yeah, we just have to have a topic. Yeah. It's called a player that I don't give a fuck about. Oh, like just find a draft player? Yeah. Convince me yeah, to yeah. care. I gotta, at 33. I gotta start looking at these draft players. Yeah, yeah we can do that. We can do that. We can do that. All right, C3 Nation, until next time, keep pounding. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. 
Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson natural boneless chicken breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.